everyone and welcome to Game Face episode 274 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, the host of the show and the founder of Sifted, and alongside me today is Matt Kyle. We have a great show today, filled with big games, filled with some hardware, which doesn't happen very often. And you're probably wondering, usually the show starts off with a one shot of me. Well, we had to give that camera up today because we are going to be unboxing the Switch OLED live on the show today. Uh, I got the console and I have not opened it. I waited to open it with you guys. Uh, we're going to do that live on the show. Matt, how has your week been? Uh, all right. Uh, a lot of Metroid. <laughs> yeah. Um, or is it a lot of Metroid? I mean, it's a standard amount of Metroid. It's an eight-hour game. You yeah. Know it goes. So, yeah. Went a little further in Far Cry, but... Uh, I got the gist, I think. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if you guys missed, and a lot of people did miss this messaging somehow. Mm. Um, we are going to talk about Far Cry 6 today. Um, we're going to probably couch it more along the lines of what has changed of our impressions since we talked about it last time. But we did a huge deep dive for Far Cry 6. Uh, it's up on our Patreon. It's hit.net. It's even on our YouTube channel right now. Um, I saw people. So we posted that first on YouTube. And then we posted the episode of Game Face afterwards. And then people in the watching Game Face were like, oh, I can't wa wait to watch the Far Cry thing. It's like, no, it's already <laughs> up. It's been up already. Uh, so it's there. Um, first deep dive we've done since the pandemic started. Uh, so it was good to do another one of those. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar, deep dives are they're, they're a little more structured form of our discussions on Game Face, uh, but they're all done in post-production, which means that we can really cut to what Matt and I say and show footage uh, of exactly what we're talking about. And man, was that an editing beast to mm -hmm. tackle. It took me all day to edit that thing together. Uh, but I'm really happy with it, and I hope you guys checked it out and you really liked it. Uh, we would like to do more of those in the future. And again, it's already live for free on our YouTube channel, um, and it's live at sifted.net and at our Patreon as well. And both of those, I think, are now turned to free if you prefer to watch them there. Um, it's been a crazy week of playing games, Matt. There were so many to play. Um, some of them were frustrating, <laughs> in all honesty. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's been one of those weeks where I've been grinding, getting all this work done while playing a bunch of games. And when the games are frustrating, it's hard because you, you have like these windows where you can play and you need to get make progress and play through the games when you're playing a game that doesn't let you do that. It's easy to get frustrated with the games. Um, and so we have some interesting discussion for you guys today, without a doubt. Some discussion that I think may surprise some people, Matt, do you mm, think? Maybe. Yeah. Well, uh, we got some hot takes. <laughs> oh, yeah. In a I, hot tub, yeah. in a hot room. What is going on? I told you when you walked in here. So actually, Matt, before we get going, people commented about your jacket last week, mm -hmm. and I should have had you stand up and show it off. And it is hot in here today, so I'm not going to have him put it on. But Matt, maybe mm. lift it up, and I'm going to switch to your camera here so people can see it, and hold it in front of the camera, because this jacket is badass. So people saw the, the you saw the front last week. You're wondering why I have this. It's because it's this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Check that out. There's the, there it is. That's pretty freaking sweet, man. From, and where did you get that, Matt? In case people are it's from a, curious, uh, it's called uh, Luca Designs. It's actually a store in Hollywood. They have a website, and if you look, they have a whole video game section and, and nerd section. They make a really, really nice uh, Mass Effect N7 leather jacket. Yeah, so it's all like nerd yeah. culture leather, right? It's yeah, all leather, stuff. and they also have vegan leather if you're not if you're not in the actual leather. Pleather, um, yeah. basically. <laughs> They're cheaper. Yeah, uh, I went with 
real leather because they last longer. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, they have a lot of that. They have a lot of superhero stuff. Uh, really nice Nightwing jacket if you're into Nightwing. Um, men and women, and they sh- they ship. So and it's I, all online, right? They it's all online. Yeah. yeah, it's it's in Hollywood. Like, this, you know, not, we're not sponsored by this company, no, by the way. No, not sponsored. I just uh, this is how it's supposed to work. Just, if you buy something, you actually like it, and you just share it with the people who are watching you instead of yeah, being no, paid no, to do it. No sponsor. I just uh, made a impulse buy during the pandemic, and. Uh, I yeah. like it. It caught people's eye in the mm-hmm. show last week, so I thought we would uh, show it. Catches people eye, people's eye around a lot. Like it's a it's a conversation starter. Yeah. So in a good way, not like a ah, look at the nerd with a Transformers jacket. Like it's been a good thing. <laughs> and you're right. It is hot as balls in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hot in our room today. I don't know why. I don't know if they turned down the AC in our building or what. But anyway, uh, we're here and we're ready to rock episode 274. We're gonna kick things off with. I think what most people would consider the biggest release of the week, mm-hmm. it is Metroid Dread. Um, the first Metroid game in 11 years, but the first new Metroid game in 19 years? Is that correct? Uh, it's the first mainline entry in 19 years. Because if you consider them, like, the when they number them, this is Metroid 5. Metroid 5. Because Metroid slash Zero Mission, Metroid 2, Super Metroid, Fusion, and Dread. Yep. I so forgot Fusion that came Fusion out. was a main line. Yeah, Fusion was, if you, look, if you play Fusion at the very beginning, it comes up Metroid 4. Uh, so Fusion was 2002, and uh, 19 years later, we have the direct sequel to it. Yep. Uh, yeah, Prime Prime is its own thing. Other M never happened. And, um, <laughs> Just Feder- that slate. Federation Force happened even less. So. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my questions in, about Federation Force in retrospect and having played Dread, uh, why don't they just make everybody's armor out of the stuff they make the Emmy robots out of? Right. Because <laughs> they sent seven of them to that planet. It can't be rare. Yeah. That makes too much sense, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> Thinking so, about the lore again. Yep. So anyway, Metroid Dread is a Switch exclusive. You can only play it on Nintendo Switch. Um, Matt, did you you played this on a TV mostly, I'm guessing? Yeah, entirely, of course. You noticed that the visuals were a little blurry on a big TV? Not too much. I thought they were. I mean, they looked like Switch graphics. I, mean, oh, like, I don't know. Do? It looked like it wasn't in 1080p to me. Might have not. Might have, might have switched back and forth. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen any tech stuff. I thought it looked this. a little soft when, on my Mm. OLED TV. Look better than Fusion. Ironic because I just got to OLED <laughs> I mean, it's the best looking 2D Metroid ever made. Like No doubt. So, No doubt about I that. I don't have any complaints there. Yep, absolutely. It's not even close. Um, it's it's not as sharp as like, um, I don't know, Xenoblade Definitive Edition or something. But yeah. again, everything on the Switch looks a little soft to me coming off of, you know, Series X and yeah. and PS5. So, I don't know. I don't make a lot of distinction. I don't. I don't have a tremendously high standards for Switch graphics. Okay. That way. I thought it looked a little soft on my TV. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is 1080p. It didn't look like it to me. But anyway, um, Vincent says it's only 900p on TV. Oh. So okay. That would explain. Well, there that. you go. I picked up on it. Okay. Yeah. So I was right. I knew there was something funky about it because mm-hmm. I play a lot of Switch on the TV. Um, and I just came off of playing like three or four different games, so I was kind of like, "Wait a minute, that doesn't look as sharp as I thought as mm-hmm. I thought it should." Again, though, easily the best looking 2D Metroid ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can see right here just in the the opening sequence. This is the end of the Quinn. <laughs> I don't even know what the word is for that. It's not trilogy. It's quintology. Quintology is that correct? Yeah. Um, this is the wrap-up. Quintology or pentology. I don't remember which one you yeah. want to go with there. This is a wrap-up to the trilogy we've been playing through from the beginning. Um, I don't know where they're going to go after this, and we're not going to spoil what happens at the end of this game, but it does appear that they're going to have to find a new direction to head off in. Um, 
And it starts off, Samus is, gets a distress signal from the planet ZBD. Is that right? ZBD, yeah. The, and uh, a, a video is sent to them, uh, to the Federation of a Parasite X. So they send her to invest. Then they, so they send seven of these robots called Emmys to uh, investigate, and they lose contact with them. So they send Samus to go investigate that because she's immune to the Parasite X. Mm-hmm. And she gets there, and she comes into this, comes into contact with this Chozo who promptly whoops her ass. Mm-hmm. She falls down a hole, and then the objective of the game is to get back to the it's surface. To get out of the hole. Get out yes. of the hole. And get back to the ship and leave, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you're trying to do the entire game. So you're underground for the entirety of the game. Not, not a surprise. Um, it lends well to the aesthetic of the franchise, I think. Um, and then the game starts. And I guess the first thing I would say about playing Metroid Dread is that it doesn't really feel like a metroid game mm-hmm. there's so much stopping and starting involved yeah. it's um one of the biggest <laughs> one of the biggest surprises wisely one of the biggest surprises of 2021 so far has been the fact that i don't like this game very much like i think it's okay i think it's just okay um and uh but it's got so many bad choices in it that I don't like at all. And like, like you say, like there's no flow to it. The, 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 the flow of Metroid is a very peculiar thing. And a lot of even other Metroidvanias don't get it right. And this is the first time Metroid hasn't gotten it right. Look, for, before we get into the nitty gritty discussion on this game, I agree with you on the overall outlook of this game. I played for about an hour and didn't know if I was going to go back and play it at all. Mm-hmm. I did finish it, but it was a it was a chore. And then I found some time, and I was like, "Look, I can't play an hour of this and go talk about it on the show. I have to play more." And mm-hmm. I will say this too: um, after I kind of got over the hump of the game, I started making more progress, and I ended up liking it more. And I don't hate the game. No. And I don't think it's a bad game. No, it's still I think way it's a, better than other M. Yeah, I think it's a <laughs> bad Metroid game, though. It's it's a disappointment. I would say it's there's a lot a lot all the new ideas don't work to me like the emmy stuff is hate it awful hate it it's it goes against every awful tenant of the metroid franchise it goes against every tenant of basic game design and like, that's a that's a good point because like it's awful like it's like metroid doesn't need one hit kills it doesn't need rng shit it doesn't need this thing where and like they knew it too because in every other metroid game if you die you go back to your last saves point. Mm-hmm. And in this, you just respawn outside the last door to the Emmy zone you went into. So you basically lost, what, 15 to 20 seconds most of the time? Yeah. So the stakes are nothing. So you're just endlessly... Re- if you if you get caught, you're just redoing things over and over again. For what? Like, why am I doing that? Like, why are I, there save points? Exactly. Like, <laughs> this thing, this game autosaves constantly. It like, you're constantly yeah. being and reset. I'm not complaining before. about that. And it's no, just, it's fine. It's just puzzling. But, like... There's no reason to have the save points other than Metroid has always had save points, right? Um, which is weird. It is <laughs> like, weird. It's, it's yeah, like, it doesn't really. It doesn't make any sense, really. It doesn't even make this. It doesn't even make the sound, right? Like when when you that's when you, true. Do the, you don't come out of it. Yeah. It does when you get you get that when you get an item, yep. but you do not get that when you save anymore because saving used to be a big deal. Because you're like, oh my, th- thank, thank God. God, I got here and I recharged. Well, that happened to me in it, this game. Yeah. I found the first save room. I was like, thank God, and then I did not realizing that they were going to be every third or yeah. fourth room throughout the whole map, pretty much. Um, I so the stopping and starting drives me crazy. It mm-hmm. keeps you from being able to explore. Yeah. Well, it's not the exploration in this is really weirdly stunted. Like yeah. 
the game is oddly linear. And like to disguise that, you're constantly jumping back and forth between zones. Like you will constantly go through like the only direction you can go and you'll fight a boss and that boss will give you something, your next power. And then you'll be like, oh, what do I do with this? And you're like, you don't really know. There's not really anything you can explore. I guess I'll just keep going forward. So you go forward and you inevitably run into a teleporter or a train or an elevator that takes you to another zone an area of the zone you've never been to before, which you then go through a fairly linear area to get to the next boss, which gives you the next, or the next, you know, Chozo statue, which gives you the next item. Like, there's no real chance, until you get the screw attack late in the game, uh, that usually is the moment where the screw, you get the screw attack in a Metro game. Like, okay, now I go back and break everything and yep. like, get all this stuff. Yep. But this is, that's the, really the first time you get a, get a chance to go back and explore much, any at all. And even then, there's not, there's not much left to do. Um, the pacing of it's weird. There's also the fact that, like, one of my joys in Metroid is once you've opened some stuff up and you've got some abilities and the ability to just sort of burn through zones. Yeah, to just, just cruise. Just cruise through zones. Yeah. You know, open that door before you get to it. You're running through it at super speed. Yeah. Like, like that's really, but in this game, like there's doors that detect you if you if you uh, come near them. And so you have to use a cloaking ability to like walk slowly up to them and get through. Or there's doors that open and conveniently reclose that you have to open with a grapple beam. So you always have to stop, stop. and open it or get through it. Like There is no flow to it. Yeah. In that regard, or in regard of how long it takes to get to a boss battle, or how, or like when you the leave Emmys a zone, break to up the flow. Yeah, the Emmy, so uh, bad. Half, half the map is annihilated because they dedicated to being these Emmy zones, which never get more interesting. They never they get more suck. into them, and they're awful. It's like, so dumb. To, and so to be, so the Emmys, for whatever reason, have are invincible to everything except this thing called the Omega Cannon, which you have to. And the Omega Cannon and burns itself. You don't even itself. have it normally. No, it, it burns itself out. Magically, you get it. It like, burns itself out after off. you uh, after you defeat an Emmy. So basically, you have to find it again every time you want to defeat an Emmy. Yeah. But every time you defeat an Emmy, it's exactly the same thing. You have to use this, use the machine gun feature of the Omega Cannon to, to burn its face off, yep. and then you charge the Omega Cannon and blow its head off. Yeah. And every time, it's the same fight every single time. Like, it, it never changes, it never upgrades, it never gets more interesting, it never becomes anything else. It's... It's completely static. It's one idea repeated over and over again. And then they do it again. The last third of the game is just a boss rush where you're fighting the same three types of bosses like three times each. And it's incredibly tedious. The exploration goes completely away. I just think the Emmys ruined the experience. The Emmys are bad. The Emmy, like the, the idea of a cat and mouse section with a thing that's hunting you is a good idea. Yeah. But what they've done here with the insta-kill and the you have one random, basically rando chance to counter it if it, you know. Which I've done like three times in the entire I get it. Game. I get it about a third of the time. <laughs> wow, but even then, like, me. but even then it's like, sometimes it's in the right place for you to get away from it. Sometimes it's right in the way and you can't do anything about it. Like, like it's not, it's, it's honestly so RNG based and so unfriendly that it's hard to believe Nintendo allowed it. Like there's I a bunch of a bunch of things in this game that make me think like this doesn't feel like Nintendo to me. I can't right imagine, down to the controls. I can't imagine Miyamoto or Iwata playing this game. Yeah, I mean I assume Miyamoto touched it at some point. I right. I would think I don't or I somebody played it in front of him. I don't know. Like, I couldn't imagine either one of those guys getting more than an hour into this game. The other thing too is that the controls in this game are insane. There are some things that you do that you literally hold four buttons. Yeah, it's like, like typing. It's times. insane. And like, they don't use the right stick to aim. It's so obvious. Use the right stick to aim weapons. And mm -hmm. you, it doesn't do anything. It just sits there. And then they start loading up like these modifiers. Well, eventually it activates cloak. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's insane. Like I... When they finally show me that thing where you you have to like... what What is it? To use a power beam, you hold L1... 
and then R2, and then you charge with R1, and then aim with the stick. Aim with the stick, and then hit fire. And then fire. So, and there's other things later, like, so the grapple beam is R2, is is the the trigger. So to swing on a grapple hook point, which mercifully there's only a few of them in the game, you have to hold R2 to activate the grapple, hold L1, or L, to aim with the left stick, hit fire to fire the beam, hold it to hold on, move the stick to swing, and hit jump to jump off. the. So you're hitting basically four or five things at once. It's... (laughs) And that that continually, ha- you know, you've got things where it's like, okay, now to well, they start th- incorporating this into the flow of yeah. the game and into the eventually. boss fights. Like yeah. you have to do that during fights eventually, and like it's. T- I mean, I've had, you know, I can do hundred hit combos in fighting games pretty pretty regularly, and like some of this was tying my fingers in knots, and it was like weird. And combine that with like, you know, some of the boss battles are actually pretty memorable, not the ones you they make you repeat over and over again. If yeah. I have to fight another Robo Chozo, I'm gonna kill somebody, but like. <laughs> Some of the big, you know, set piece things are fun and cool and like really inventive and, um, you know, use the count, you know, the counter ability I do like. I like that that has been brought forward from the Metroid 2 remake uh, that these guys did. Um, and it seems to be kind of standard 2D Metroid equipment now. I can get behind mm-hmm. that. That's a cool, yep. that's a cool mechanic um, that, again, much better thought out than all the other new mechanics in this game. Um, it's like, so you were mentioning earlier about how it's... N- it's nice that they have all the auto saves and the checkpoints mm. and it is, but like they don't work with the Emmy stuff. So it's like, if you get caught by the Emmy, which as you mentioned is an instant kill because I've literally countered it three times mm-hmm. ever. Um, the other, and the other thing, by the way, the fact that you get, um, you get the cloak early on, you never really get any other tools against them. Like those, yeah. those, those sequences never get more interesting as Samus levels up because yeah. she never really gets any more abilities or tools that help beyond traversal stuff. She never gets any more things that help her. You can't set traps. You can't, like, yeah, there's nothing trap. built there's, around there's nothing the mechanic. to yeah. do with, with the, the Emmys, Emmys except yeah. try to get away from them, and that gets just kind of tedious after a while. Well, when they do catch you and you go back to a checkpoint, when you come into the room next time, sometimes the Emmy is right inside yeah. the door. And as soon as you come in, they just catch you again. Yeah. And they'll teleport and, like, they cheat. Yeah. You know, like, it's a very poorly implemented version of a good idea. And it's a huge part of the game. Yeah. And it feels so haphazard. And, and like when you look at it's, it's disheartening to me to look at the map near the end of the game where, I'm, where you just realize how much of each section is dedicated just to that. It. It's yeah. just Emmy stuff. It never gets more interesting. There's hardly any hidden stuff in it because you need it to be basically you need it to be can't. an obstacle course. Yeah. You know, you can't have it be an interesting explorative part of the game. It has to just be this thing you run away from this invincible thing in and it never gets any better. It's it's a bizarre choice. One of my friends said it's it's like someone made a Metroid game after reading a list of things that are in Metroid games and never playing one. Yeah, and that could be. It, it does <laughs> kind of feel like that, which is weird because, like, they made another Metroid game that I thought was pretty good. But it does mm-hmm. actually take more from, I'd say, the Metroid 2 design philosophy than the other Metroid games uh, because, like, you know, Metroid 2 also sort of had that thing where it's, like, somewhat linear. Um, you're kind of a lot of a lot of, a lot of fights against, like, you know, mini-boss, you know, more you know, there's a lot of that. Like, you're not fighting, like, a big event boss in this game. You're fighting, like more dangerous versions of what you have enemies you've already fought before and that you know with the, all the metroids you have to hunt down in two that's sort of the same thing is happening there so maybe that's what that is and maybe that's you know and the other thing i'll say is um fusion was too handholdy fusion and zero mission are too handholdy they show you where to go too much this one doesn't help you at all yeah um and there's a lot of times i mean the I'm map's like, pretty good like you can look at the doors it'll tell you like what you need to unlock each door mm-hmm. and that's pretty helpful but yeah 
Yeah, like the map is helpful, but there's a lot of times when I'm just like, okay, I don't know where to go, so I'm just going to go forward, and oh, that was the right way to go, and now I'm going to transport to another zone. Like, this might just be me, but like one of the things I enjoy about these kinds of games is sort of fully exploring a zone before yeah, moving on to the next one. Of course. And you're constantly ping-ponging back and forth through this whole whole set of zones, and I just don't find it particularly interesting. And it's like it has the weaknesses of fusion in terms of like, Go, go to this zone. Okay, now we're going to send you over to this zone. Now you're going to go over to this zone. Except it doesn't... If you're going to do that, you need to kind of point out where you need to go. And like even like Adam, when you talk to him, doesn't really help much in terms of telling you what your next objective is. You're, it just yeah. constantly tells you, you're helpless, you suck, you're going to die, and you need to get to your ship. And you can do like, nothing against the Emmys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really not an encouraging partner. No, uh, <laughs> the, the AI. Um, so yeah, and like, you know... Ugh. Like... It's just, it's I'm not really bad. Dis- I'm it's, disappointed it, yeah, by this game. I am very disappointed by this game. I really wanted to be like, oh my God, Metroid, it's back. I We've waited look. so long. And I didn't expect anything to be as good as Super Metroid, but I thought it might be better than Metroid 2. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's not. I, w- I would probably, of the five, of the, you know, the, the five, if you want to count Zero Mission and the remake of two um, as like kind of the official versions of those first two games, because the originals don't hold up too much anymore, yeah. um, I would have to put this at the bottom. I think I think it's the worst main mainline game, which doesn't mean it's a bad game. Like yeah. it's still okay. Yeah, I mean, you I, talk about one of the greatest series. Yeah, of all absolutely. Time. Yeah. But at the same time, I've you know I finished this last night and I can't see myself playing it again. I don't. Which know I've if, never said about a mainline Metroid. I don't game think before. I'll. I don't even know if I'll finish it, Matt. I've honestly had very little fun with this game. The last third of the game is not fun. Oh, well, all. that's encouraging. <laughs> no, I, I. It's just you're you're fighting the same bosses over and over again, and they get very very dangerous. And like there's. Certain attacks they have that can kill you in like three shots, even uh-huh. if you have all the energy tanks. Uh-huh. And like, it's and you know you start you start over right there. Like you're not you don't lose any time, but it's just like, you know, it's just pattern memorization, hoping you don't get caught by something. Like everything, you know, in trying to make some of the bosses' movements and actions more organic feeling, they've also made them more unpredictable. And you know, some people are going to find that as a, kind of an exciting new challenge. But as a Dark Souls player, I find it irritating because one of the things Dark Souls does is it plays fair. And you you memorize the the animation and stuff, and like it's just not. Then you know in this in Dark Souls at least you have a couple of abilities or actions you're trying to take. In this one I'm like, okay, I gotta I gotta screw jump over this thing while staying in midair because the next one's gonna come low, yeah. and then I have to be charging the blaster, and then I have to be ready to land in the spot only spot that's safe while charging the missiles because the missiles gotta lock onto these. Th- and it's just at a certain points like, can I just can I just jump and shoot? Like can I? Yeah. You know, what happened to Metroid? What happened to is it, look, I'm not even like I agree with you. I don't think it's a good Metroid game, but I just don't think it's a great game. Period. Like mm-hmm. again, I don't go into playing these games and be like, "Well, this is Metroid, and this is what I expect there to be." And if it's not there, I'm going to hate it no matter what. Like, I just want to play a good game, and mm-hmm. this game just feels completely disjointed. As you mentioned, the Emmy stuff makes up almost half of the map. I think it's all crap. Like, I don't mm-hmm. like anything to do with the Emmys at no, all. They're not They're not good. I don't even like the idea of, like, the whole, like, being chased through the game in a, like, the whole time in a Metroid. Like, if you go back to just say, okay, well, what is Metroid? That's not Metroid. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't know. And it could be a it's thing. It's not, a, again, it's not a bad game. Like, if you buy it, I think most people will play it to the end. Most people seem to like it. Like, I, I think we're outliers on this, but, like, at least right now. it's It, it kind of has that... It has that new game smell that especially Nintendo stuff gets where it's oh, like Breath of the you, Wild you can't really criticize God's it for six months. gaming until it wasn't as yeah. well. So like <laughs> And look, it's the first mainline entry in 19 years. People are going to be excited. People are going to you know, you don't want to you don't want to say bad things about it because you're afraid they're not going to do another one. You well, know? that that's my other point is I'm very nervous that for a lot of people, millions of people, this could be their first Metroid g- game. 
And as someone who loves the franchise and wants to see more of these games, it makes me very nervous that it may turn these people off. Now, look, this is already sold through the roof. Yeah, it's probably by far be the best-selling Metroid game launch, and that scares so me far because this until Prime Four probably maybe. Like I wonder now, all these people that bought it because the review scores were so high, if they feel the same way about it that we do, if they're like, "Well, this is Metroid," well, screw that. Like this isn't my cup of tea. And maybe when Metroid Prime Four comes out, they're like, "Oh, I I know what that's about. That's not for me." Like. Well, I think you'll be able to see when you see Metroid Prime is not the same thing as this. Well, it's for it'll but, be hope. Well, presumably it'll be first person. I guess we don't know that for sure, but pretty safe bet. I would safe say. bet, but I don't know. I, I hope it doesn't sour people on the franchise. People are better at telling the difference between things than that. I mean, you know, Fantastic Four didn't fool anybody into thinking it was an MCU movie. Yeah, so it's uh, it'll be. I think that'll be fine, um, and we'll see which one does better. And whichever one does better, I'd imagine that's the future of Metroid. You don't uh, think they'll keep going with Prime and 2D games? Um, maybe, but I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think you could probably have Mercury Steam just crank one of these out every couple of years, um, and that would probably be fine. Um, Prime seems to be a more touchy subject. Like, it seems to inexplicably take longer to make those. Maybe you'd think after three, like, there would be a, a, a formula there for people to follow, but I guess not. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how Prime 4 turns out. Who knows? You know, like... You know, if, if, it's not if, the same people working in retro no, that were working there be, before. And it, look, it's not like pr- the Prime games have been pristine either. Corruption has its has its problems. I mean, um, I don't like Metroid Prime Two, honestly. Yeah, that's that's is that corruption? Yeah, yeah. With the whole weird like safe zone, safe zone in the dark and world, again, and going that's, back. That's back-tracking kind of a good constantly. analog to this because bit, yeah. it also those zones break up the flow of Metroid Prime mm-hmm. Two. There are these weird things that you're forced to deal with, and it just kind of makes you stop and then start and stop and then start a lot like the Emmy stuff in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and huge backtracking. A lot. Into. Yeah. Um, it was really confusing. Like, yeah. And uh, what was the third one called? What was the subtitle? On the- Corruption. Corruption. Oh, so Metroid I, Prime 3 Corruption. Okay, so yeah. So the second one wasn't that. second one, second was, one was Metroid it's just Echoes. Metroid, Echoes. That's yeah. it. Echoes Metroid Prime 2 Echoes. Yeah. Um. So, look, I, well, I guess to that point, like, Metroid has kind of survived a ho-hum entry before and continued mm-hmm. on. Because I look, ended up other M Metroid Prime 3. Other M should have killed it. <laughs> other <laughs> M should have been, been the end of Metroid. That's a good rights. point. Like, so. if, if anything was going to end Metroid, that would have yeah. done it, for sure. Because um, that game didn't get what Metroid was on a level that is a whole different ball game from, from this. Like, there's, yeah. there's some poor choices in Dread, I think. Other M was just one big poor choice. Yeah. Uh, so it's not on the level. It's not a disaster at all. It's, it's, it's fine. But it's not... It, it's, and and you know, it certainly could be argued that the way they took this is a valid direction to take Metroid. But it's not, as James Cameron said about Alien 3, it's not what I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm hmm. curious what people in chat what if they have played this, how they feel about it. If they agree with us, or if they're just loving the game, um, definitely would like to see your guys' perspective. I started really liking it, and I st- and I and then when I started to hit the Emmy stuff, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. And then I started like like I still liked it more because I hit the middle and picked up more of the classic abilities and mm-hmm. you hit the morph ball and the and the and the bombs and everything. Sort of feels more Metroid. It started for a while. falling into place. Yeah. And then the last third, just I was so I was. I was screaming obscenities at the TV a couple of times. Not even just because I was losing boss battle, because I'm like, are you going to make me fight another one of these guys? Like mm-hmm. I was, just, I was just done. I just didn't want to do it anymore. It was nice to get to the final boss. At least the final boss was in the thirteenth time I'd fought the same guy again. Yeah. Like, I also, was glad. I was glad so you to know, find out that, like, go ahead. Just so you know, people, like, 
just throwing two of the same boss in the room with me is not a new boss fight. <laughs> like that's just that's just shitty. Like don't do that. Yeah. Let's go to uh let's check out chat and see what they're saying about Metroid Dread. Mostly they're saying they want to wait till the price drops, which like I mean, I get it. Like that's it's you know, we talked about it being full price and uh yeah, it's this is uh this is uh, a lot f- uh, of money for what you get. Um, Matt O. Baxter, this is my first Metroid game. Not being able to use the second stick to aim was crazy, but the exploration parts were kind of fun. I wish there were more of that. I agree with you, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Ami D. Art, I think Shane just hates action games. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting, because that's all I play. It's literally all I play is action games. It's just funny. I never thought about it till now, but literally all I play is action games. Um, GX Gear might pick it up at first discount, but not full price. That's probably not going to happen for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't pick it up. Well, the, the collector's edition was on sale at Target for sixty nine bucks if you could find it, which is ridiculous. Um, Mersh is not far into it, but it's been fine. A digital reflux that sucked when they threw two warriors at you. Oh, it's not the only time they do it. They make wobble. I'm not disappointed I sold my Switch. <laughs> it's a good game for $20. Um, the Surly Mexican, I'm enjoying it so far. My son and I are playing it together. Okay. Um, Sneaky is my first, but he doesn't say whether he likes it or not. Um, Odin 5, this isn't my cup of tea, not for full price anyway. $20 tops. Um, Vincent, to me, it sounds a lot like Fusion. I mean, it has a counter like Fusion. Fusion didn't have a counter. Oh, wait, which one did? It was, uh, that was the remake the, of two. Oh, the remake of two. That's the other right. Mercury Steam. Yeah. They introduced that. Yeah. Um, do you like the slide, Sneaky is asking? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine, but also it... I do. Um, it kind of interferes with the ball sometimes. Um, and there's like a weird thing where like... I don't know the way the ball works. Sort of like interferes with the hanging jump sometimes. Like I don't. I I think it's messy. I think I've seen people talk about how amazing and tight the controls are, but it sure is not what I'm playing. Like it's, it's. Uh, I I've had to kind of fight my way through it uh, at times in terms of controls. I had problems just ducking sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just ducking down to shoot crouch. Um, I think the slide feels great, and in mm-hmm. fact, I think when you get a chance to really use the controls in the game, they feel good. Yeah, like, like you, they if feel you trans- buttery. If like, you transplanted the controls to a more standard Metroid game, I think they would work they'd better. They would be okay. Yeah. yeah. And again, don't get me wrong, I don't hate this game. I just, it's not as good as I expected it to be. I guess mm-hmm. is the best way I would put it. I haven't even looked well, to it's see also like, like, it's just what from, its Metacritic is. Where is it sitting oh, it's at? It's like 90 or something. Whoa, it's way up there. Really? It's, it's high 80s. Wow. Um, it's also oh. like, it's a really good okay. example to me of like, how Nintendo just can't make another sequel. They just can't do it. Just give me another goddamn Metroid game. Yeah. Like, you don't have to put the ME stuff in here. You don't have to, oh, we got to have a new gimmick to that. No, just make another fucking Metroid game. This was a case where the gimmick, in my opinion, is the weakest part yeah, of the game. Yeah, absolutely. It is, if there's anything that ruins the game, it's the new elements yeah, that they like put get out. It, like, it, it, all the new elements are getting in their own way. Yeah. Which is, honestly, like, a lot of times the new gimmick in a Nintendo game is sort of irritating or sort of like, oh, it's a da, da, da. But it very rarely, like, sits there as a giant obstacle in your path. Like a thorn in, in your yeah. side while you're playing. And, like, yeah. it, you know, like, it's... This is one of the worst examples of it I can think of um, in terms and of... And the this. odd part is it's not even hardware-related. Because usually these are. It's like motion controls or something um, related to Meta- 
Nintendo hardware that only Nintendo's hardware does. In this case, it's just yeah, a, no, it's just, just a bad it's design just a design decision. decision. Yeah, that's it. Has nothing to do with the Switch. Yeah. So. I really hope it doesn't turn people off to the franchise. Well, the meta score is 89. Wow. And the user score is 8.6, so it's fine. It's odd that the users, for once, have a lower score than the critics. Mm-hmm. That, like, never happens. Well, it's got, what, 85% positive, 2% mixed, 12% negative. Huh. A lot of fours, a lot of sevens and sixes. At but the not top. enough to overpower. No. Okay. Uh, so anyway, there's Metroid Dread. I honestly... I have to review this to tell the developers how much I hate the Emmy system. <laughs> well, there's a few people who agree with this, at least then. Um, I, actually, now that I've played it for myself, I would be curious to go back and see how people got to an, a 9 for this game. I mean, Metroid's back to some degree. I guess. I mean, I That's guess. enough? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, uh... um, so, Matt, would you, can, would you say people should buy it? No, um, I mean, if you want, if you want to buy it, you already bought it. I would say, if you're a Metroid fan, you're already here, right? Yeah. Um, Sixty dollar no, game. Nothing, price nothing game. could have stopped me from playing this game. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, but but I, what about people who aren't hardcore Metroid fans? That I would say, go play another Metroid game first. Yeah. I would say, go play Zero Mission or Super Metroid. Go. But I don't know that, like, if they played those, that it would be a good indicator of whether they should play this. No, not necessarily, but at least they I would think have they played those. But at least they'd have a better first impression of They might the, be more angry. Maybe, playing but, I, but I don't care. Dread. I don't care <laughs> how they feel about Dread. I think they should play Super Metroid, one of the greatest games yeah, ever made. Right. I'd agree with that. Which you can just go play on the Super Nintendo, you know, yeah. and Switch online thing. Doesn't look as pretty, but No, but it's it's way better. Yeah. It's way uh, better to play, for sure. And yeah. one day maybe they'll give us a zero mission, you know, like a Metroid collection where you get zero mission infusion and and uh, stuff like all in one place on the Switch or something. It'd be nice yep. to bring those forward and save them from the uh, handhelds. Yeah, for sure. I know Switch is also a handheld, but it's you know it's a shame that you can't play the G- the GBA games. You know, like Castlevania did. Yeah, you know, it'd be a sh- it'd put be, a collection nice to together. Up. I mean, Fatal Frame is getting a console <laughs> release. Like, let's get let's get Metroid up here. Yeah, but I think Koei Tecmo is a little more desperate than Nintendo is True. to drum up sales. Did you did you see what the description of that Fatal Frame game is on the on the Xbox Store? Mm-mm. It just says beautiful horror. <laughs> That's it. That's enough to sell it, apparently, <laughs> according to Koei Tecmo. Anyway, interesting. Uh, so there you go. That's Metroid Dread, full price game on Switch. About eight. How long did it take you, Matt, to finish it? Uh, eight hours. Yeah, I've been playing it like. Two and a half, maybe, somewhere around there. That is fascinating what Sneaky just said. What? Uh, I've never heard of Metroid until I started following Sifted and heard Matt talk about it every now and then. Wow. That just shows you how completely under the radar Nintendo has shut. I mean, that series. also makes my point, though, about this game. Yeah. It, and, I mean, Sneaky's one of them. This is his first Metroid game. And yeah. It's, don't, don't judge them all by this one. Yeah, that's my fear, Unless though. you like it, in which case, do judge them all by this one. <laughs> that's my fear, though, is that there's a lot of people like him who... This is their first it would, game. Yeah, it would definitely not like, be my pick for Baby's First Metroid. Yeah. Definitely not. And they're going to look at people like us who talk up the franchise and be like, those dudes mm. are crazy. Like, no, go play some of the other ones. There are really good games in the yeah, franchise. Yeah, I mean, Metroid Prime 1 is supposedly yeah. getting its remake or remaster next year. Yeah. Um, play that. Which indicates that Prime 4 is way out. Yeah. Um, but next year is the 20th anniversary of Prime, so uh, rumor is that's coming. Um, and that would be great. That's a good intro to, Metro- yeah. to Metroid. Is that right? 2002. Was it 2002? Came out alongside Fusion. Came out alongside Fusion. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. That's Metroid Dread. 
Um, we will not come back to this game again in game yeah. phase because ga- I don't think I'm going to play it that yeah, much Because the GameCube more. came out at the end of 2001, so Metroid Prime couldn't come out in 2001. Good point. Yeah. What month did it come out? November? I, I want to say it was near September. the end of the year. September-ish. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, can't remember. But anyway, I highly recommend ago. playing Metroid Prime. And if you don't like that, then I think it's safe to say you're probably not going to like Metroid in general. Or Super Metroid. Either one of those games, good barometers as to whether you're going to like the franchise that much. Mm-hmm. So, November 17th, 2002. Okay. All right. It's time to move on, people. And we're going to crack open my brand new Switch OLED model. I've had it for days. I didn't open it or play it so I could do it live here with you guys on Game Face on Tuesday. And it was hard. I'm playing Metroid Dread, which is what it was launched with. And I'm like, man, I'd really like to be playing Metroid Dread on that slick screen. But I wanted to wait to crack it open here live with you guys. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Let's switch cameras. And you can see I got the one with the blue and the red Joy-Cons, which I hate. I hate that they put any hardware model out with two different color Joy-Cons. When I got my original Switch, I got the one that was just all gray. However, this is actually the one I wanted. I did not want the white one. I wanted the black dock because I knew I could swap out the Joy-Cons with whatever I wanted. So I wanted the black dock. That's what I got. And I know this is the least popular of the models, but this is the one that I actually wanted, believe it or not. So let's crack it open. A little tab under here. There's no like sticker on this at oh on this at all just about came tumbling out let's crack it open that's how you go viral you should have let it happen <laughs> watch it fall and break <laughs> yeah then we'll get more more patrons than we've ever had in like a day and there's the ugly joy cons now one thing i will say is that is an eye searing blue red and red both even the blue it like hurts your eyes um now we'll say this so nintendo did an interview over the weekend where it said that it had actually done some work to the Joy-Cons for this. Mm. And then I watched a video on YouTube where they did a teardown of these and took them apart, and there's nothing different in them at all. They're the same Joy-Con that Nintendo has been selling for eons now. Um, So that's actually good for me because I plan on taking my gray Joy-Con from my original Switch and slapping it onto this and then just having these for extras Mm. or... I think maybe if I end up selling my old Switch, I'll throw these in with it instead of the gray ones. The camera's not doing those Joy-Cons justice because they are glowing in person. Like, they are disturbingly bright. Yeah. The orange is, it's like day glow. Yeah, it's like, it looks battery powered Um, almost. You're right. That's a good point. But anyway, there's the two color Joy-Con. Oh. Don't forget your dock. Is that what that is? is That's the actual actual switch. And it is pretty crazy when you think about it that That this is it. Like, this is the console. You know what's also kind of crazy? Is that it just sits there on the top of that box with no protection. Nothing. Like, if something lands on that box, that's the end of the switch screen. Yep. And there is the new OLED screen. It is really crazy that this is all the hardware. Yep. This is the switch. Yep. (laughs) Just this little skinny thing it's like a little, slightly large i mean it's phone. really just a mobile phone i yeah. mean you could really just use it as like a mobile phone yeah. i think there are actually iphones right now that are this size yeah i've definitely seen galaxies that aren't too much smaller than yeah, that like the the new pro or whatever i think is this big um and then obviously one of the big things for this is that there's a new kickstand hopefully i won't break it so you can see there mm-hmm. 
there's a new kickstand and it's like it's really hard to open or close like you have to really put force on it to move it and the kickstand on the old switch just sucked let's be honest so this is a huge upgrade very fragile i do wonder over time if these hinges will become a little more flimsy but right now i like it because you can literally put it at any angle you want Mm mm-hmm it's definitely an improvement because the, the old one was just one angle and that was it. Yep, that was it. And it was and a, t- a tiny little leg that could yeah, snap. Yeah, it was just a little leg on the one side. Um, and then for, the, here, for a feature they continually show off, it was oddly poorly thought out. Yes, for sure. And then I don't know if you can see it very well, but the SD card slot is here. I'll try to look That's up to a better the camera so you can see it. it. It's here behind the kickstand now. So you slide the card in there, and then when you put the kickstand down, it actually covers up the slot for the card. So, okay, there's the hardware, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's a much smarter design. It is. This, also, this box is like half the size yeah. of the box yeah. that the original Switch came in. Uh, and it's bigger. So, I don't know. They had some so problems they, with the original They packaging. hired a, a better packaging science guy, I guess. Yep. Here's another big question I have, Matt. Is the power cord on this thing longer? Because the power cord on the original Switch is so short, it drives mm-hmm. me crazy. Um, let's see. Please let it be longer. Oh, it lo- already it looks like it is. Thank God. This has become a huge pain for me because I'm always moving my consoles around. Let's see how long this cord is. Also, another thing is this cord is nowhere near as rigid as the one that came with the original Switch. The one with the original Switch is almost hard to even bend it at all. This hmm. is just kind of a typical power cord. I'm going to unwind this so we can see how long the power cord is. Give me a second. I want to say the the one for the original switch is like four feet. This one. Oh, uh, you know what? It doesn't actually look like it is that much longer. That looks about the same to me. Yep, it is. It's the same freaking length. That's it. That's not four feet either. It's like no, they can't see that. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's like three feet maybe. No, I think it's more like four. You think? Maybe. I don't know. I think that's probably four if you include the power brick. <laughs> So that's disappointing. I was really hoping that the cord would be a lot longer with this model. It's not. Um, they send you a free HDMI cable with it. Um, and then they, oh, I got another one of these. I forgot what these are called now. What is, what's this called again? I think, um, the, <laughs> I've never used it. So I don't I, even know where mine is. <laughs> I'm surprised they put one of these in here. But I guess some people do use them. I've never used it. Once I got a pro controller, I had no need for it. Yeah. So um, maybe somebody in chat remembers what those things are called. It's called the grip or something. Yeah, I think grip Joy-Con is right. Joy-Con yeah. grip, Joy-Con maybe. Grip. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, and then here's the – these are the caps for your Joy-Con if you want to play them detached so you don't yeah. have, like, the hardware land put out a thing there. on that will be impossible to take off later. Yep. And here is one of the other changes, finally, um, for – the switch OLED. I'm gonna put the box aside here. The dock. So let's open my brand new dock. Okay. And again, I wanted the black one, and so that's what I got. And this little thing here, I believe it lights up. Like they showed it in the trailer that mm-hmm. the switch logo on the front lights up when it's turned on. I'm not 100% sure, but. It could use a little more indication that something's on. Yeah. Because right now, because on mine, you always use a little green slit. light in the lower left. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, here's the new dock, and I'll bring it up closer to the camera so you guys can get a really good look at it. 
Yep, that's a switch dock. Shiny. Two USB ports. And yeah, it's got the, Curved. the shiny piano on the inside. Designed to uh, not scratch the screen better. Yeah, I hope so. Because my old one does, does have scuffs. Mm -hmm. And then let's open this up. Oh, this actually comes off now. Instead of being hinged like it is on the old dock. And then you can see there's the slots. So this has an Ethernet port built into it. But. But. <laughs> There's a caveat. All right, let's switch back to our cameras here. So there's a caveat with the Ethernet port, Matt. And that caveat is that while you do have a port that you can just plug an Ethernet cable into, the speed of the Ethernet port on this is actually slower than Wi-Fi. That's so dumb, I'm almost impressed. They took it apart, and they found that there's basically some kind of a limiter on it. Mm -hmm. That means that its speed will only go as fast as USB 2.0. Yeah. And so while it's better to have this plugged in for online play because it does help with packet loss and lag and stuff like that, as far as download speeds go, it's better to download via Wi-Fi instead of downloading via the Ethernet cable. That's crazy. Um, but still, it's nice to have it because right now I have like my ethernet adapter plugged into like a usb port and that hangs out and an ethernet cable is plugged into that so it will help with like tidying up your cables and things like that but yeah just yeah. something to keep in mind mine's just on wi-fi and we'll stay that way yeah so. i have mine hardwired because i do play like splatoon lot on yeah. you know live the only thing online. i do with it the only thing i do online with it is like download stuff i am surprised that this cover isn't attached to the dock and it's this thing that just kind of comes out but whatever yeah, i mean that makes it easier to get at stuff um, i guess okay let me put the whole thing together actually so i can actually check out my new switch i haven't even turned it on yet hopefully the nice some... thing about nintendo handhelds is they generally do charge have a charge in them when you get them now let me make sure i'm putting this on the right way because my big fear is attaching the joy cons upside down and never being able to get them off a satisfying the, snap. The iconic click. All right. And power. Hey, there you go. Power button's in the same spot as the old one. Actually, I will switch back to the other camera now. If you guys can see it. It's coming on. And I have no game or anything in here. So, oh, it even ma makes the snap sound. Wow, that was quite the fanfare when it turned on there. Did Very you? excited to be here. I don't know if they could hear that or not on the on the stream, but it plays like a jingle when you first turn it on. Um, and now I have to go through all this sign-up stuff and everything. And I won't do that here live on the show. But anyway, there it is. The Switch OLED model. Brand spanking new. Okay. What do you think, Matt? Um, or do you have fun I gotta... <laughs> having seen it with your own two eyes does it impact your opinion of it or whether you might upgrade no it's not an upgrade no like I've never used the screen for anything except fishing and animal crossing because the lag on my TV was too bad to catch the big stuff oh. 
<laughs> That's the only reason I have ever used it uh, in uh, outside of its dock. Yeah. I mean, just generally, even without having used it, although I will say this, like, even just looking at this screen, it looks much clearer. And, like, you don't get, like, kind of the darkish, like, shadowy mm-hmm. parts of the screen like you do on the IPS, the original yeah. Switch. And so the screen definitely looks better. Does it seem that much bigger to you, though? I mean, it's not. It it's is. Like, it's a little bigger, but it's not. But, yeah, when you see it in person, it doesn't – you don't see it in an immediate, like, oh, that's the new Switch. Yeah. I would not necessarily pick that out as the new Switch if you just if someone is holding it in an airport. Yeah, you just think it was just whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't stand out. It's like it being a lot bigger or anything. The weight feels about the same. Maybe a little lighter, actually, mm. which is interesting. Um. I don't know. I guess in general, I think my impressions and my opinion on the Switch OLED is that you don't need to upgrade if you already own a Switch. Yeah. I don't see it. Unless you just constantly use it handheld and want a better screen and want to spend that money on it, I guess. Certainly, I, I would never touch that because I play it on the TV all the time. If it, if it actually used that 4K chip that's in it, then I would... Uh, oh, yeah. We didn't even mention that. I, I would maybe <coughs> change my mind, but like it does me no good. So Yeah. So as it turns out, there is a 4K upscaler chip and this in the dock of the new switch the switch oled however <clears throat> it cannot be utilized the way it's been set up inside the hardware they cannot access it and essentially what happened was it was the only parts that nintendo could find and it needed that part and because of the shortages that everything is going under right now nintendo just used that chip when it could have used something else because it was what it could get mm-hmm. um, so it actually will not upscale to 4k which there's no Switch games that are that run in 4K anyway. I mean, if you use an emulator. Yeah. Now, NVIDIA's chip is capable of 4K, mm-hmm. um, but it's never been taken advantage of for a Switch. I mean, it's, the chip itself is so weak. I think it, I find it hard to believe that they could make any game other no. than maybe a puzzle game that ran in 4K. For No, you're going you're gonna to need a new system for that. Yep. And we'll just leave this here for the rest of the show. Actually, we'll put it here for the rest of the show. And then I can get to go home and actually get to check it out and play it, which will be fun. So I'm excited about that. But I think in general, it's Unless like... Unless you play Metroid Dread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I have to go through the whole process of transferring yeah. all the stuff over from my old Ugh. one to my new one. So maybe you'll play it tomorrow. That probably is more likely. Because <laughs> I also have to handle like publishing mm-hmm. the show and all that kind of stuff as well. Well, set that to do that first. And maybe That's by the, a good t- point. By the time well, you're I'm doing done, the other stuff. Yeah. it might be finished. Yeah, but I think the general consensus on Switch OLED is if you're buying a new Switch, spend the extra 50 bucks and get Yeah, certainly if you one. don't have one yet, whoever that is, uh, and now are interested. Right, which is uh, weird. There aren't many. You wouldn't no. think. Uh, at least do it now before, you know, because when Breath of the Wild is coming, 2 is going to come out, there'll probably be a run on them. Yep, probably. Um, so that's kind of the general consensus is if you're buying a new one, get the OLED. There's very little reason to upgrade to the new mm-hmm. one if you already own a Switch. Although, you know, Switches are still selling pretty well. You could probably sell your old Switch for $250, i am guessing. Yeah. On Craigslist or eBay or something. Yeah, with the, with the flip. Uh, you know, income it would probably wouldn't be that bad to upgrade. But again, it's just why go through all that? Yeah, it's a hassle. Yeah. Um. So anyway, there you go. Uh, now that I got this, do I regret getting the red and blue one? Maybe a little. Mm-hmm. I think seeing this in person now, maybe I, I understand a little more why people wanted the white <laughs> one because it is different. Don't you want to just replace it anyway? What'd you say? Aren't you just gonna replace it with the gray ones anyway? Yeah, the Joy-Con. Yeah. But I'm saying the dock. Like, mm-hmm. but. 
Like, I'm going to eventually get black shells for my PS5. I have a Series X, which is black. All my consoles are black. Um, so I just kind of wanted them to match. I don't know why. There is no deceit in black. <laughs> what did you say? There is no deceit in black. <laughs> okay. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's the Switch OLED. Uh, made sure to hold that um, so you guys could see it opened and uh, kind of get our impressions of it right out of the box. Literally fresh out the box. Uh, okay. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about Grand Theft Auto. So there was rumors flying for the last couple months, I guess. Mm-hmm that a remastered trilogy of GTA 3, San Andreas, and Vice City were in development, and they were coming before the end of the year. And um, they, it came from reliable sources. We talked yeah, about it. It came from retail listing. You know, if something shows up in Walmart's computer or whatever, it's usually real. Yeah. And uh, we talked about it, I don't know, what, about a month and a half, two months ago? Something like that. Something like that. Um we, I think we were pretty confident that was legit. Yeah. And then we found out this week that it, in fact, is legit because Rockstar funny, like, the morning, finally announced it. It was funny. The morning that I was just thinking, like, if that thing's going to come out this year, they're going to have to, like, actually announce that pretty soon, right? And, like, two hours they, later. They did. Like, yeah. Yeah. And this is the teaser that they sent out. And this may send up a copyright flag, I should add. So this may not actually be uh, something you can see uh, when you're watching it on YouTube because it, we may have to cover it up so that we can publish the episode. But here on the stream... And for our folks, uh, our patrons and our subscribers, whatever. It's all good. And that's it. And it's literally 15 seconds. This is all it is. And uh, it does say at the end, though, coming soon. So mm-hmm. the the initial rumors saying that it was coming before the end of the year, it appears that everything was accurate. Um, those are the three games coming soon, coming before the end of the year. It looks like everything was legit. Now... Since this trailer or that teaser was released, the thing that's kind of making the rounds is that people believe it's going to cost $70. How do you feel about that, Matt? Are you okay with paying 70 bucks for that collection? Um, I mean, kind of depends what they've done to it. Like, if it's just a repackage of the PC versions that have existed for years, then no, that's that's a lot. I mean, look, it's 70 bucks for the next-gen versions, and that's like, you know, three games, three very large, time-consuming games uh for some that's not that bad i mean i know there's sort of the element of like they've repackaged these things like three times so why are they being so greedy about it? because that's what the it's what they cost yeah because like, a lot of people are like <laughs> they've been review bombing the game on steam telling people to buy the games now because because yeah, they're gonna go away or yeah well no because they're gonna take they're gonna, they're gonna take they're gonna them gonna away and replace them with the more expensive versions mm-hmm. so people are like buy it now before rockstar i guess up the who price. doesn't i mean those things have been like 20 bucks for all three multiple times i don't know who doesn't have those already on steam it does well then it does it make you wonder if there's a market for this trilogy uh i don't know i don't know why people keep buying five but they do yeah. so i think yeah there probably is a market for it yeah you can't um, really play these on modern consoles easily so and generally i do agree with you that 70 dollars is fine for the amount of content you're going to get from these three games provided they do work on them yeah and yeah they definitely need to make them look good and make them play well like yeah i mean look and fix not, some stuff like so, why not yeah i mean most stuff in these has have been fixed for years you know like the biggest problem, of course, was the fact that 3 and Vice City used that horrible lock-on targeting right. uh, play, uh, uh, combat thing. in Because uh, gunplay was like a formality. Yeah, in, in, in on the, the PS2. And then, and, then on the PS, and then on the PC version, they added, obviously, mouse aiming, which mm-hmm. improved them immensely. And the San Andreas had, you know, right stick controller aiming 
from the start. And then when they put the uh, trilogy out on Xbox, they used basically the PC version, so you actually had decent aiming on all three of them now. Um, so that's the main thing you would need to fix. Uh, the other thing would be, um, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing some uh, things that Rockstar would never put in their games. Like, I wouldn't mind a rewind feature. No. You know, like some, yeah. you know, because I'd get through some of these horribly designed 2001 GTA missions, for instance. I think Rockstar may like them that way, though. I think that's, I think Which you're right. Which is weird, but. Um, like, I know, like, I, you know, I, Vice City is uh, probably my least favorite of the three. Um, wow. Despite the, fact that, that. despite the fact that I love the setting yeah. and the music. Um, that's the other question is how much music is right. going to make it in. With the licensing with the issues. Licensing. Yeah. Some, you know, some of the Steam versions had had some music removed uh, because the licenses ran out. I'm surprised it has even half the music. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what that turns out to be. Yeah. Um, the good news is you can always play your hard copies of the old ones Yep. Uh, on the old old systems. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, you know, like I'm going to play Vice City and I'm going to get to that remote control helicopter mission in the, in the <laughs> construction site and I'm going to stop playing Vice City after because I can't get through that mission without trying to kill somebody. And like, if I had some kind of rewind feature, I might be able to sort of cheese my way through it the way I do with Castlevania or whatever with a lot of the, you know, a lot of the stuff on the, you know, the Nintendo switch, the switch online thing where they let you do that on the old games. And I think that's a nice feature. Um, so yeah, I would uh, I would be down for like kind of that modernization sort of thing if they look better and they play better and they have uh, real aiming. I'm sure they will. Um, and if they uh, they let me, frankly, they let me cheat a little bit through these archaic things. I wouldn't I wouldn't care if they included that feature. Yeah. Like these games have been out forever. Who cares at this point? Vincent also brings up that the new the other twist is that the new versions, the PC versions, are going to be a Rockstar launcher exclusive. Mm-hmm. So they're not even going to be on Steam. Right. They're going to force people to go to their mm-hmm. website and their launcher to play these games going forward, which is, how do you feel about that? Eh. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have like four ver- copies of each of these things. I mean, I have the hard copies systems. of them. Yeah, so. I, have the, I have the PS2 versions. I have the Xbox yeah. versions. I have, uh, I'm pretty sure I have hard copies of the PC versions. I have the Steam versions. Um like it goes on and on. Like I'm not worried about losing the original versions of the GTA trilogy. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious what this is going to be. You know, they say definitive edition. Like it means like they actually did some work this time. So maybe we'll see. I mean, this is supposed to be the the, the end all be all. Yeah. The final form of these three games. And for seventy bucks, they better be. They and that's my point. Like I'm okay paying that if they do work on it. Yeah. If they come out looking like you know, um, this is running on. Better hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they got to look like... uh, uh, It can't be a Castlevania Advance collection. It's got to be Metroid 2. Yep. You know, you got to have done some work on them. Agreed. Um, And so we still don't know the hard release date for this, but the rumors said, like, November or something like that. Yeah, November feels... I mean, you want to put them out before Black Friday. You want to put them out before Thanksgiving. And since the next-gen version of GTA V has now been delayed into next year. Mm-hmm. It sure makes a whole lot of sense for yeah. these games to come out before the end of 2021. Um, do you think I still had to play GTA Three at this point? It was interesting watching the footage because there's, like, tooltips that says, like, you don't have to stay on the road. Right. Because <laughs> it's, like, right. the first one. Because, yeah, you'd never... They're like, you don't have to just stay on the map. Like, they had to tell people that you can just go wherever you want yeah. because well, people remember, weren't used to doing it. Yeah, well, back in the day, at the time, like, I remember, you know, games wouldn't... Driving games wouldn't even let you go on the sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> like, driver was about it yeah. in that regard. Yeah. Um, and the idea of being able to go anywhere was unusual. Um the idea of being able to run people over was unusual. Uh, I remember playing this when it, the day it came out. I had to, I had to go to the. Oh, I couldn't believe my eyes. 
I'd and I had played the, games like Carmageddon before that, but I had to go to the Saramonte Mall south of uh, South of San Francisco to go get it from a, from a GameStop or an EB there. Did they ID we, you? No, but they, but they weren't getting like we weren't getting a copy of it. Like we weren't going to cover it on the show yeah. because it was too violent or whatever. And uh-huh. like, and I was like, this is the next thing. Like this is going to yep. be huge. And I was like, and, yeah. and I brought it back. <laughs> and you know, inside of thirty minutes, everyone who was available was in that game lab watching me play this thing. Well, yeah, and being like, like, oh my god, the... like what? The, like I can't believe this looks like this. And you just like, yeah, you can't believe this exists. And now you're looking at it, it's like, oh, the tires are like squares. Like this, <laughs> yeah. like how how were we ever impressed by? I this? mean, I, like looking at that car. Did you notice the wheel? well was literally a square yeah so i'm wondering like are they gonna redo car models for this sure i would think so yeah yeah i mean look the mods on the pc like can make it look better than the than five yeah it's pretty amazing they they have no excuse not to like really revamp this thing into something worth looking at well except they're the ones who have to do the work right they can't just steal the code from the mods well sure but like they can they they can afford to do the work oh yes absolutely Uh, they can and if they're going to charge full price for this collection they should agreed Agreed. Okay. Like seventy dollars is a, full, a fair price for something that makes me think it's like, oh, they really did redo everything here. You know, you give me a. I mean, it doesn't have to be that elaborate, but you give me something that's like at least makes me think of the Blue Point Shadow of the Colossus mm-hmm. re- remake. I think that might be <laughs> might be a little adv- ambitious, <laughs> but I don't I'd know. Be maybe if maybe give the like maybe it. give uh, Ray Liotta's character fingers. That might be in a Vice good, City. So he doesn't that have might, the mitten hands. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see what they do or don't do. But, I mean, really, if you get to the nitty-gritty of it, you're talking about, like, 180 to 200 hours of gameplay for 70 bucks. Yep. As long as it's playable, like, it's a pretty good deal. And there Rewind are of, feature. And let's I don't be want honest, to play any of that stuff anymore. There's a lot of people who haven't played GTA yeah. 3 or any of these, honestly. Or if they tried, would be like, well, I can't, I can't, I can't my eyes. I just I can't. can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, there you go. That is GTA Remastered Trilogy Definitive Edition. I, yeah. I just want to see somebody. I hope somebody takes the, uh, uh, you know, the, they turn up the meme from San Andreas where it's just like where it's it's uh, CJ going like, ah, shit, here we go again. Yeah. Like, I just want to see. I want someone to take that and have it like morph into the new version as he says it. <laughs> like, oh, here we go again. Although to be fair, like a lot of the versions of that meme I've seen use like a modded version of the game that already looks better than what this is probably going to look like. So maybe that doesn't work. But yeah. But um, it is an appropriate sentiment. Yep, absolutely. So uh, absolutely place. Uh, I mean, one again. thing I will say is that it does not appear that this is like a labor of love project for Rockstar. It really Probably just not. feels like they're just trying to fill a, a hole and make some money. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope they prove me wrong. But you're gonna slap that definitive edition thing on there. You don't have to say that. Yeah. You just said it was the trilogy. That's true. And that would have been a good way to just sort of repackage the PC versions and call it a day. Yep. You put definitive edition on that thing. I got expectations now. Touche. Speaking of companies trying to make money ruthlessly, our next topic... Ubisoft? <laughs> is Ubisoft, yep. Um, in the the latest installment in the WTF in video games... WTF UBI. Yeah. <laughs> Ubisoft this week announced Ghost Recon Frontline. It is yet another Battle Royale shooter. From Ubisoft. And oh, it's, Clancy putting in work beyond the grave. Seriously. And it's never-ending quest to try to capitalize on what other publishers are capitalizing on right now. And <laughs> three years later. It is three years later. But look, it's not for a lack of trying, Matt. you got to realize Ubisoft already did this once with a game called Hyperscape. Right. Which is this... I mean, and I'll say this. At least Hyperscape was different 
Like Ubisoft tried to do something that wasn't yeah, like all I the mean, other ones. Just because you are ne- unique does not mean you are useful. Yeah, I mean, I played it. I don't know for like a week. Yeah, it I remember it. I remember you talking. It about wasn't it. bad, um, but it never got a it caught on. It never really found an audience. And I'm guess it seems like Ubisoft thought that that was because of how unique it was. I don't know. The problem was the was the street punks. We gotta have some elite operators now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I don't know what words I'm saying. I've just heard <laughs> them at Ubisoft press they conferences. All make sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, this is its first attempt. It's called Hyperscape. I don't even know if this game is still like existing at this point, or if they've know. taken the servers I, down. It's only about I, a year old. I bet you're the first person to say that that title this month it, on, oh, the, on the internet on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> unless someone else is discussing Ghost Recon yeah, Frontline, they may bring it up as well. Um, but it did not last long. It it was memorable. Like, I still remember it, and I still remember kind of the cool elements about it. Um, and it was different than most Battle Royale shooters, but nobody cared. And so now Ubisoft has decided to dial it back, and instead we get basically a blatant Warzone clone called Ghost Recon Frontline. It seems like Ghost Recon mm. is turning into the... Do it uh, all franchise from yeah. Ubisoft. It's Covers like we everything. have an idea, we don't know what to do with it. Well, let's just slap Ghost Recon onto it. Hi- Hyperscape is still up and running, but if you Google "is Hyperscape dead," it just says yes. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> That's funny. Um, so this is more of a straight lift of Call of Duty Warzone. It is a militaristic, more realistic styled shooter. Um, but it also seems to have maybe a little bit of its own ideas. Um, it's coming to all platforms but Switch. I know you guys are probably sick of hearing that, but most modern games, that's just the way it is these days. Yeah, you've kind of hit a wall there. Yep. Um, it's 100-plus players, but it is squad-based, so you play with a group of other players. And the other thing, too, is that a lot of Battle Royales have added these modes over time. It's not just you against however many other players there are. Like, a lot of the squad-based stuff in Battle Royale modes have become more popular than Last Man Standing stuff. Um, and so this game, it seems to be, like, based from the the beginning on squad-based tactics. Um, you have actual objectives in this, like collecting intel. Um, there's also, as you've seen in the trailer, like every other Battle Royale, there's turrets, there's vehicles, like deployables, basically. Um Another twist is that you have to be extracted at the end. Your team needs to be extracted, which just organically means that everyone's going to gather at that extraction point. There's going to be a big throwdown right there between all the teams mm-hmm. that are left trying to extract. Shades of the Dark Zone. Yeah, exactly. Which could be, which comes from another the Ubisoft yeah. game. Um, and one thing that is a little different about this, and if you if you watch this trailer at the is this very Chernobyl, uh, I don't think they shared what the setting is. Because that Ferris wheel sure looks familiar. It's possible. Um, one thing, though, that maybe is a little different for at least most militaristic battle royales is that if you watch at the end of this trailer, there's a couple very quick clips that show spawning, like, building stuff, like structures. Yeah, I that, saw some That, that. come down from the sky and kind of slam down. Like prefab stuff. Yeah, almost. they're prefab, though. You're not building them on the fly like you are in Fortnite. And I would argue that a lot of players would probably prefer it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, the building in Fortnite is what separates the men from the boys. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. 
And like, we are boys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very impressed by the people that can do that, but I cannot. It's insane, honestly. But it is what separates like yeah. the really good players like, that's the high from people stuff. like us. Yeah. Like We may be decent at shooters, but we aren't good at Fortnite because we can't build like they can. Um, and so they've kind of, kind of found a middle ground in how to tackle that here. Um, let me actually see if I can just find the spot in the trailer here for you guys. It's right work. before that. It's right before it's this. It's right before the, the him climbing up the mobile tree. Okay. So they may have found middle. There it is. Oh, no, that's a turret or something. No, yeah, that it, is a structure. It's a structure, but there's another one. Like a little before that, they drop a big platform down. Yeah. So they've kind of found a middle ground and a way for people like us <laughs> to be able to handle, like, Creating structures. There, it, there is. it is. Yeah, right there, live on the battlefield. Yeah, where he's where he's using the the green laser to point where it yeah, where it yeah. should drop. It's where it should drop, which is cool. So they're trying to do some new stuff, but Matt, is this a fool's errand trying to launch a battle royale shooter at this point in time? Probably. Like, how do you break through Apex Legends and Warzone at this point, or can you? You don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know think. if it's, like, I just think it's too late. Like, you're just kind of throwing good money after bad at this point, it feels like. I mean, the, the Clancy, you know, the Ghost Recon brand probably has some cachet. If it's free to play, it'll get some eyes. Uh, and then it's just going to live or die by whether it's fun to play or not. And uh, who I mean, knows? Ghost Recon has become, in a lot of ways, really similar to Far Cry, in my opinion. They've just become, yeah. become kind of these open world. Yeah, it does what it does, and every time it comes out, you can depend that it does that. Yeah, and I don't know. It feels like the differentiation between all the franchises at Ubisoft, the lines are just blurring now. Mm-hmm. It's real. They're all just kind of becoming the same thing. And if you look at the design of its games, yeah, I mean, I think they really all, are all the same. Somewhat. Thing. I mean, I think they are all different flavors of the same candy. If that makes sense, you know, like. I, certainly, there's parallels between Assassin's Creed and Ghost Recon and Far, Far Cry, Cry. etc. Yeah. But it's sort of like, do you like strawberry or grape yeah. or mint kind of thing? You know, um, Ghost Recon is the mint. <laughs> do you, I don't like mint. Very do you much. think that's sustainable over the long haul for Ubisoft? So far, it looks like it. I mean, it depends on the brand. Like Assassin's Creed doesn't seem to be slowing down. Far Cry doesn't seem to be slowing down. I'm not sure what Ghost Recon's doing with this. Yeah. Uh, the mainline games seem to be selling just fine. Well, remember the um, one was like the best-selling yeah. game of the year. It came out. Yeah, and Wildlands was for yeah, sure. Wildlands, and then yeah. uh, Breakpoint did fine. I think not as well. It wasn't as good. It wasn't as good. No. Yeah. Uh, and they knew that, and they admitted that. Um, that you know, they came out and it's like, oh, we've learned, so we're not going to do this thing anymore. We're going to wait and you know take our time on stuff. Uh, you know, Watch Dogs Legion did not turn out. Yeah, you know, that was that nobody wanted the mango. Hit. Nobody wanted mango flavor. Open open world <laughs> Ubisoft, um, apparently. Um, but uh, although I liked it well enough, but I did go back to it recently because I was like, I had, to, I had to clear some space on my Xbox, and I was like, I'll play some of the. You know, should I load this up? See if I want to play it. Finish it or something. I was like, mm, no, I'm just gonna install this. Like, yeah. it, it was. It was. Uh, it, it, it's time had passed. Yeah. Um. Like it's that it's that classic Ubisoft thing that I think we just might mention later in the show <laughs> about how at a certain point you've shown me all your tricks. Yeah. And it's just sort of an element of uh do I like those tricks and do I want to keep seeing them? And do I have something else to do while I see them that can keep me occupied while I sort of busy work myself with the controller here. Uh and some games Far Cry do that and other games Ghost Recon do not. It's crazy Matt when I Start like going through B roll. Like, this is um, Ghost Recon Breakpoint right here that we're looking mm-hmm. at. 
And I realized when I've been playing these games that I've been completely engrossed in them. I knew everything about them. I knew what every one of these screens. And now they just all smear mm-hmm. together. Like if somebody just showed me this clip, I would have no idea that this was Breakpoint. I would definitely know it was Breakpoint, but I wouldn't remember what anything did. <laughs> How I, would I you know that it was Breakpoint? Because that's what the menu looked like in Breakpoint. See, I don't remember that stuff. They all mm-hmm. just smear together for me at this point. Because they're all so similar. Like, I mean, this is this would be unique to me because I don't play a lot of these games. Uh, these military that might have shooters. To do with it. So yeah. the fact that I recognize this means like it has to You're be like, oh, I played Breakpoint. one of those. <laughs> or it has to be Breakpoint or Wildlands or like one of two Call of Duties. Right. You know? Yeah. They just all smear together for me. Like all these Ubisoft games with their you know tapping R one and L one to cycle through their menus. Like all mm-hmm. the menus in the trees. Like if you showed me that stuff, I would have no idea. Like which game each one of these are like, I just wouldn't cause I just play way too many of them. Um, but is it, so I think we both agree that it's a fool's errand to keep chasing the dragon. That is the game as a service. That yeah. is the battle Royale shooter. But can you fault Ubisoft for trying? Like what else is it supposed to do? Finish beyond good and evil two. Well, that's one for sure. <laughs> yeah. Make a new Rayman. I don't care. Like, <laughs> Got to be a better use for the money you spent on this thing than that. Yeah, I mean, in particular with Frontline, because it's probably, and they haven't said this yet, it's probably going to be free to play. Yeah. And they're going to have to rely on people buying the season passes and buying the cosmetics and buying weapon skins and all the usual yeah. stuff that free to play games rely on. Well, it'll be on. a fun two and a half year ride until they slowly shut it down after player base abandons it because they moved on to something else and for most publishers that ride would last probably nine months yeah Ubisoft does you know Ubisoft can afford to let it ride they can afford it and also I think they learned from Rainbow Six Siege that like if they stick with something sometimes it catches later but I'll say this Matt that is the one game right that I when I see it I would know Mm -hmm. it was Rainbow Six Siege yeah of all the other ones no it it has an identity it has an identity and that's the difference I think Um, Mm -hmm. and Again, I think they're going to need to do that with a Battle Royale shooter. Like, Frontline, I'm not getting that at all. No, like, they seem to think that Ghost Recon has consistent characters in it, but I don't know who Who they are. Who remembers any of them? Like, I remember some from the OG. Yeah, the old ones. Like, I remember some of those characters, but none. But, you know, what, Ghost Recon, or um, Rainbow Six, I remember the characters in that. Yeah. Because they make a big, a lot of fanfare when they release a new operator and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Uh, So I do remember some of the characters from Siege, but not... Like these modern, I hardly like. I'm playing Far Cry Six right now. I can't remember a lot of the characters in that. Yeah, some of the allies I'm fighting with. I don't remember what their names are. <laughs> I remember Carlos. Yeah, that's it. I remember the bad guys. And uh, yeah, Carlos's daughter, and his stupid son. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I remember the animals more than the people. <laughs> yeah, I remember the bad. I remember yeah, the bad guys. I remember. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so it's interesting, um, but like I the can't... old legends guys are, are memorable to some degree. The, yeah, the the older the old heads, the old guys who fought the old revolution. Yeah, those, those are fun. They're pretty memorable for sure. Um, but look, I can't really fault Ubisoft for trying. Like no, you have I'm to sure. if you're gonna be in this business, in you got to show right the now. shareholders that you're trying the, to hit the gold mine. You know, yeah, that's what you know. A lot of them, if there's one thing they know about the video game industry, they're investing in. It's that Fortnite is the king. Yeah. So why aren't you trying to get some of that Fortnite money? To, or why aren't you trying to make the next Fortnite? Yeah. Yeah. So the, of course, the secret is the next Fortnite is something that completely different from Fortnite. Yeah. It's like, not. There's a no shooter. way anyone can predict that. It's probably not even a shooter. No, it's com- something completely yeah. different. We have no idea what it is. Yep. 
And if we did, if we, did we would we, be sitting yeah, right, here, be right, right here right now streaming a podcast. We'd be making it right now. We would be. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, that's the latest from Ubisoft. Are you surprised that we just got this randomly and it wasn't a part of like UB's E3 stuff? Or... I don't know. I don't know what they're doing anymore. It just came on a Tuesday. Yeah. Like, just out of nowhere. It's like... But for Ghost Recon, yeah. it was Tuesday. And you would assume this is a big project they placed a big bet on and mm-hmm. it just came out like no one else even talked about it on podcast this week they're it trying just, to they're trying to make it organic i guess i don't know they're intentionally trying to make it slide under the radar maybe i don't know it's a little bizarre if i'd launched breakpoint in that that condition i probably would not want anyone to know i was <laughs> really seeing this either <laughs> that's a good point actually that could be part of it is that mm. you know we released this other game that yeah. was a disaster out of soft the launch this thing a little bit see how it goes patch it up a little bit more then maybe push with the marketing after yeah. that we'll see uh, but anyway, that's Ghost Recon Frontline. Again, it's coming to everything but Nintendo Switch. Uh, we don't have a hard release date for it yet, um, but my guess is I think there's a beta like next month. So I think probably before the end of the year, um, when we get a chance to play it, we'll report back. Uh-huh. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Capcom doing something that I never dreamed that Capcom would do. And Capcom is part of its financial reporting this week and is reported by gamesindustry.biz. Um, stated that its goal moving forward is to sell as many copies of its games on PC as it does on consoles. Why why do you think Capcom would do that, Matt? Maybe they're expecting console sales to drop. (laughs) I mean, your expectation is that you're going to raise PC sales to match your console sales. But the other way to interpret that is you're going to sell less on consoles. Right. Uh, why focus on PC like that? I have no idea. I don't. I don't know. Maybe you think it's it, just you think the, maybe because the platform is more prevalent in Japan than they think that's the future because it, it ties into mobile streaming better. I don't know. I don't get it. Um, PC gaming is not huge in Japan. No, it's not. <laughs> like, and what it is is mostly mobile online, gaming is like huge MMO in Japan stuff and that kind of thing. You know, like Final Fantasy XI and, yeah. and fourteen still do well. Like that kind of that's, yeah. that stuff does well. A lot of it is about like how much real estate. Is that piece of hardware going to take up in mm-hmm. your flat, your apartment? Uh, in PC, that is the worst case scenario for all of yeah. it. And it's weird, it was, uh, you know, especially you know, you're showing Street Fighter here, but like PC is real easy to mess with. You know, it's, yeah. it's hard to have, you know, a fair, even, even playing field there. It's one of the reasons consoles are used for fighting game tournaments. Yeah. Um, it's an odd choice. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Do you think that they're seeing that console sales maybe are going to get soft eventually and go and go away consoles may go away eventually and it's I mean that's really trying to prepare for a console There's no reason future. to prepare for something that's 20 years down the road if that I'm just wondering if Capcom has some sort of insight into this that we don't have If there is one thing I do not associate with Capcom it is insight <laughs> I put that one on the T mm. <laughs> and you just drove it to the green <laughs> Um, no, I, I don't know what they're doing or why they're doing it. Uh, I don't think they're future-proofing anything here. Um, if there's one thing we have learned in this new generation is that consoles are not going anywhere anytime soon. We've definitely, over the last year, we have learned that yeah, for sure. If there's one lesson to take away from the last 12 years or 12 months of the gaming industry, that's probably it. Yeah. Consoles would be fine. Yeah, they're going to be fine. And I, I mean, I didn't think we'd ever see a PlayStation 6, but now I'm thinking we probably oh, yeah. are. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so this is puzzling. Like Capcom, I'll say this, Capcom does release almost all its games for PC. It does, and they are generally good versions of them. Yep. Um, and 
like most developers, they Capcom probably develops for mm-hmm. PC first. And it wasn't always that way. Like I, I have uh, the co- the uh, PC versions on Steam of like the old Lost Planets and stuff. Those are not good ports. Those those are rough in a lot of places. They have improved their PC game tremendously in the last 10 years or so. Well, Monster Hunter Rise, which was a Switch exclusive, is coming to PC in January, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely the better way to play that, I would imagine. You would think? Technologi- yeah, it, technologically speaking. Yeah, because the Switch, it did have frame rate issues and mm-hmm. other problems um, running on Switch. So, sure, it's absolutely going to run better. And chances are the game was probably developed on PC first. Yeah. And I'm really thinking that No cross-play, might... though, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I am thinking that the root of this is Capcom is like, look... We're making all our games on PC first, and then we're getting them to run on these other platforms, mm-hmm. which is becoming easier by the day um, because of the libraries that they have and the fact that these machines are basically just small shuttle PCs in the first place. So maybe Capcom is just like, it just makes sense mm-hmm. because we're building PC versions first of all our games anyway. Why wouldn't we just you know make a bigger focus on that version? And then at the same time, yeah, if things go kind of south with consoles, which they already are in Japan. If we're being honest, I mean the console. Yeah, but like the the market's bigger than Japan. Like Capcom already makes the majority of its money outside of Japan. Yeah, so like, I, I think don't know what, almost I don't know every what Japanese publisher does. Mm-hmm. But it could also be flavoring or tinting their view of things, seeing what's happening in Japan, and they're like, "Well, we can't sell anything in Japan anymore on consoles." So I don't know. I don't know. My my response to that would be like, "Oh well, yeah, okay, so we'll just focus on the millions and millions and millions of dollars we make outside of Japan." But you like, know, Matt, if, as sure. well as I do, that Japanese companies, sure, they but do like care also, about like that. you can't just imagine n- new players from the PC market into the existence. Like, yeah. like, like the PC market has always been, you know, soft in comparison to you know console yeah. sales, partly because of piracy, but also just because it's a wi- more widely distributed uh, audience. Like, you know, all my game dev friends, like their rule of thumb is, you know, the PC version is going to sell one third of what one of the console versions sells. Yeah, so. because you have more options on PC. Mm-hmm. On consoles, it's better than it used to be, for sure. But still, like, every week on PC, there are, like, a hundred games mm-hmm. released. And granted, most of them are shovelware yeah. and crap. And also, PC tends to be, for at least the people I know, uh, PC tends to be where people play repeated things. Yep. You know, like, that's where they go to play their MMO, or that's or where League they go of to Legends play the, or League of Legends, or their, their regular competitive game, or whatever. They don't use it as their sort of new hotness platform. All that. You know, they... Even my hardcore PC gamer friends, like they don't play new stuff all the time. They they pick up, you know, the new Stellaris expansion and play that for like three weeks. Yeah. Like they, or they have been playing Crusader Kings three for six months, kind of you know, like things like that. Like the PC PC games for a lot of the PC gamers I know are just like this is my current pastime for like half a year. Like yeah. they're not go buy the new thing immediately, especially because the Steam sales have conditioned everyone, including me, on PC to wait and not pay full price for anything. Yep. So. For better or worse. (laughs) Do you think other Japanese publishers might follow suit? I don't know why you would. I don't know why they're they're doing it. Like, it seems like a fool's errand to me. Yeah. Um, Maybe, again, maybe they have some information that we're not privy to. I don't know. Maybe they know something about how their games sell. Like, who knows? But, like, it's a weird thing to say. It is. Yeah, that's why I included it as a topic. Like, to the point that it's like, okay, that can be your strategy, but maybe keep it to yourself. Yeah. Like, it seems like a more internal idea. Yeah, again, you, you owe a certain amount of transparency to your stockholders. Yeah. You but know? it's just like a if I, if I were a Capcom stockholder, I would be like, what do you, what? what? Mm? I mean, if you don't know anything about the industry, I guess you're just like, oh, more sales, cool. 
But like, if you do know something about the industry, you're like, well, how's that going to work? Yeah. You know, like the more you know about how the industry functions, the more questions you have about this, this statement. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. Again, unless they have inf- some information or privy to some data that we we don't have access to that tells a different story, or if that's just I, beautiful. It, Look at that. I know. In, or as I mentioned earlier, they're just looking at what's happening in Japan and they're just assuming that it's going to extrapolate across. Because I mean, truth be told, most stuff does happen in Japan first, and then it happens everywhere else. So it could be a case where Capcom is placing maybe a little bit too much cachet. Um, into what's happening in Japan when, in all honesty, for most people who really follow the games industry closely, Japan is becoming increasingly irrelevant um, and has been increasingly irrelevant for quite a while. Yeah. God, so, I'm annoyed just watching this footage. <laughs> Monster, Monster Hunter World, I one of the best-selling games of the last decade, Matt. Yeah, Sold well on PC. It, it did. And maybe it's stuff like that. And maybe that's part of it, Matt, maybe. is what you were saying is that people generally on PC – Play games that they play for a long time. Yeah, they time. settle in. And if Capcom... And Monster Hunter is one of those. Right. So. And if Capcom is looking for, like every publisher is, yeah. that game as a service where you don't have to do anything. I mean, think about it, Matt. Like, look at Grand Theft Auto V. Why is Rockstar not releasing new games? Because they're making like $500 million a month on a Grand Theft Auto V. I think every publisher, like we just talked about with Ubisoft, is looking for that steady influx of cash mm-hmm. and um i think maybe capcom feels like the best platform oh, to game. do that is pc yeah pragmata <laughs> i haven't thought about this in forever yeah who knows i keep forgetting that chorus game is coming out all right and i was excited about that one yeah, yeah yeah i forgot about that too we just went through the whole like gamut of capcom recent capcom release here's monster hunter stories mm. <laughs> mm-hmm so it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see how it plays out. I think if, honestly, at the end of this discussion, I think you brought up the most salient point, which is that games as a service tend to work better on PC. And maybe Capcom is like, look, we got to get in there if we want to keep generating the revenue. And look, for the rest of us, that's a good thing too. Because if Capcom's making more money, they're going to invest more money into making other products that we care about. So. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, it's good for everyone if Capcom does exceedingly well, and it doesn't matter which market Capcom does well on. If it helps us get the next Street Fighter or the next Resident Evil or the next Monster Hunter or whatever it is that you like that Capcom makes more quickly. So it'll be interesting to see, and I honestly don't even know if we'll end up seeing any change in Capcom. <laughs> like, it could just be a lip service thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how you'd perceive it. Right. Like, yeah. what change in behavior would lead us to believe that that's Capcom, what Capcom said about focusing on PC development? Like, what is it? What is that? What does that look like? Mm. I don't know. So, anyway, times they are changing. It's interesting kind of looking at uh, Japanese publishers in 2021 compared to how we looked at them back when we were young greenhorns in this industry. Um, I definitely look at them way different than I did back then when I was just wide-eyed and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed uh, coming into the industry. And I really just had a lot of reference for almost all the Japanese publishers. And now that, that veil has kind of been stripped a little bit over time um, mm-hmm. as you learn more about them, how they operate. I think as you get, if you go over there and you really go inside one of the studios like I did to shoot a big documentary and you see how like the sausage is really made – I think that changes your your opinion of it a little bit, too. But anyway, we'll keep an eye on this stuff. And if we have any signs of what Capcom's new strategy is uh, being put into place, we'll be sure to bring it back up here on Game Face. All right, let's move on. 
We're going to talk next about Far Cry 6. Matt and I already discussed the living crap out of this in the deep dive. We talked about it. It ended up being almost 50 minutes. Uh, so again, that deep dive is out there. Again, cut really well. Footage, crispy, crunchy, 1080p, 60 frames a second. It's on Sifted. It's on our Patreon. It's on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can check that out. But I just wanted to kind of reconnect with Matt and kind of discuss, one, how much we've kept playing. Uh, and two, if our opinions on anything have changed since we uh, have kept playing, if Matt has. I haven't even asked you about this. Mm-hmm. I have. Yeah. And the reason I have is because I have not enjoyed Metroid Dread as much as I thought I would. I really thought that once I got Metroid Dread, I would have no interest in going back to Far Cry. That has not been the case. In fact, I've ran to Far Cry. <laughs> it's funny. I'll say this. Playing Metroid Dread made me appreciate Far Cry more. Hmm. Seriously, though. Hmm. Because it's like... There's parts of it that are hard or challenging, but it's always different. It's never it it never annoys me. I guess is a good way to put it. Other than the helicopters, mm-hmm. have you has that changed for you? By the way, no. Wow. I, I mean, I've seen more of them. Like even the night after we talked about it, but like it was because I was doing like main story missions that caused me to be in alarm. You know, have the bar fill up and then mm-hmm. have the the special forces come after me, and then then they show up. But I just hit them with the electric rifle and stole their helicopter <laughs> I, I play it if very it much like if it doesn't blow up when it lands yeah usually it lands pretty pretty flat yeah fine, but but it's uh i you know the helicopter's not been a problem the the biggest problems i've had have been friendly checkpoints when i'm trying to get a specific vehicle or get a specific thing and enemy vehicles just keep showing up and the guys the, my guys keep picking fights with tanks and shit and although now you know i can emp them and go steal the tank and that's fun um, Once you get the but, EMP, it changes the whole game, really. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, yeah. like So I got EMP arrows now, and that sort of deals with that. Mm-hmm. I, which I, annoys me a little bit, because I prefer to use the, the bow and arrow like as one of my primary weapons in Far Cry. But I don't have EMP ammo for anything else, so I just have to use that or my backpack. I have the EMP backpack. Mm-hmm. It was grenades, I guess. I could use that. but like, So I've kind of had to waste my bow on being EMP friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I could put the other bow I don't use as much as the EMP bow. I don't know why I didn't think about that before because you can switch weapons whenever you want. Yep. So I can just do that. Yeah, absolutely. That would be smarter. <laughs> hmm. You figured it out on live on figured game it live, Figuring it out live on camera. <laughs> there we go. Now, a lot of you guys have probably had the chance to play this game as well, and we're always interested in your perspective. So if you've been playing Far Cry... Drop your impressions in the chat, and we'll uh, we'll mention them on the show. We're always looking for different perspectives. And I will say this. You guys are probably the most informed audience, period, online. You guys know your stuff really, really well. So I'm interested to hear your perspective. I respect your guys' opinions and your, and your perspectives a lot on games. Uh, so if you've been playing it, drop your impressions in the chat, and uh, we'll bring them up here on the show. Matt, what, if anything, has changed the most for you? Since you we last talked about it, um, I mean, if no, anything, nothing really. It's, no, it's still the same game. I've you know I've I've moved on in the uh, other two sort of you know areas with the mini you know the campaign splits into sort of three story branches, mm-hmm. and I've moved forward on the other two to sort of mostly to get the upgrades uh, that you can put in the guerrilla camps. I found um, myself jumping around yeah. to all three because you do you very quickly like once you make the first trip into that new territory and you meet the leader there. That sets off all the the, mm-hmm. the quest trees. 
Yeah. And so you could pick and choose at that point which area you want to tackle. And I've honestly not finished any of them. Neither have I. I'm, I'm like I'm close with the uh, the one family. I'm like eighty percent in the first one I went into. Yeah. And then like forty Montero in one like and like forty in another. Mm-hmm. And um, then I, I have and been I like to, that. Yeah, and I have been to the city because early on after after you get enough progression in one area. Yep. Uh, uh, Carla calls you and is just like, "Come, come meet me in Esperanza." Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like four levels above me. I'm not supposed to be there yet, but yeah. yeah, but I went anyway to see what happened. And it's it's interesting just because you you know, use the sewers to get around uh, and around roadblocks and stuff. Um, it's it's built in anti aircraft that you can't seem to get rid of, so you can't fly in or parachute in. Um, That's a big I, part which, of the game. Actually, which I think is a, I think is built. That way, so you don't have, so they don't have to render the city aerially, because I think that would be a lot. So I think you you never really get to see the city from above. Um, but it's fun to run around the city. I haven't really done anything of note in the city. I ran around and unlocked the fast travel points and kind of left because I didn't want to start like whatever she was about to make me do. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's been some interesting, mis- you know, some of the missions have been f- really interesting in terms of like structure and what you have to do and how they go wrong and like. You know, making the main character able to talk and interact and be part of the cutscenes is definitely a step up. I think I think it makes you it like more, that change. I do like that change. I think it's more engaging for the most part. I do think a lot of the story is a cliche in places. Yeah. But I do find that I have uh, more of an affinity for who Danny is. And that is at this point more compelling than just another, you know, faceless. I'd agree with person. that. Yeah. Um, it also feels like a natural evolution of of, of the series. Like, And to be fair. The uh, the side games have had established characters like, you know, the, in Primal, you are playing a specific character, I think named Tack. And in uh, uh, Blood Dragon, you are playing a specific character voiced by uh, Michael Bean. Um, I can't remember if you're a specific character in New Dawn. I don't think you are. I think you're a created nobody. I don't remember. Um, well, I was in the main, you know, in, in three, you are a specific character. You're a specific yeah. douchebag named, I think, <laughs> J- and I think named Jason. Uh, and and that and then in four and in four you are have a backstory but you don't have a personality and same in five you are just the sheriff's deputy who shows up and gets trapped in Montana's right in Montana uh, and in this you are an actual person and I think that is a step forward I like that um, I think the characters given the character given to the amigos is good like I feel a little more uh, grounded and invested in, even if I can't remember everybody's name. Um, having them have specific relationships and reactions to Danny and to the amigos is a good way to pull me in. I especially like the way people react to Chorizo. Yeah, uh, he's just like, oh look, look he's got. I like the way I react to Chorizo. Yeah, like a, <laughs> he's an awesome character. Um, and uh, just run. It's, it's like, uh, it's like that's. Who would have thought a little wiener big, dog would be the that's most a big memorable? Cat. Yeah, I, I I got the uh, the ghost panther, and uh, that's fun to bring into town. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's like whoa. Like, <laughs> His, his eyes always do that. Well, yep, yes they do. Um, <laughs> yeah, we forgot to mention in the deep dive how important like taking down the anti-air stuff is, mm-hmm. because until you do that, you have all these vehicles, but you can't use them because mm-hmm. if you start flying into airspace, they shoot you down. And there's nothing worse than getting like halfway to, on a four thousand meter trip and getting shot down. Hmm. <laughs> like that's that's when you wingsuit the rest of the way. Yeah, well, you yeah, as far as you can anyway. Yeah. Um, and so a big part of the game is going in beforehand with a vehicle or a horse or something like that, some ground-based transportation, going in and taking out all those anti-aircraft mm-hmm. guns. Which are suspiciously unguarded at there's times. Like, yeah, there's like three dudes a lot of yeah. times. Or sometimes there's an open, it's like, 
I guess I'm just going to yep. throw some dynamite out there and call it a day. Okay. <laughs> and then once you clear all those out, that's when the game, I feel like, really comes into its own. Mm-hmm. That's when you can travel wherever the heck you want. And, like, I, after I, I did that, I started getting in, like, helicopter on helicopter fights in midair. Mm-hmm. And, like, the game, to me, really starts to crack open mm. and be more of a sandbox at yeah. that point. I was doing stuff where like I'd be I'd be on a mission and I'd be like interfiltrating a thing and I'd see like a helicopter I didn't have yet. So I yeah. just go up and get in the helicopter, fly it back to a helipad, land, like register it with my my you know my with your arsenal. Cell phone. Yeah. And then I just like go back fly back and yeah. put it in back where helicopter. I found it and just like go back to what I was doing. You know, I was like Yeah. I've ha- I've been having a lot of fun with it, man. Like unlike the disjointed experience that is Metroid Dread where it's just like stop and start, stop and start. There's a flow to this game, mm-hmm. and I found that Metroid Dread has pushed me t- back to this game. I do, I do find myself hitting like um, once I finish a thing, I kind of go back to the home base, or, and I look at the map, and I sort of hit that like choice paralysis thing. Yeah, where it's like, there's a lot. Where nothing, you know, it's a thing where like you have a lot of options about what to do, and none of them seem particularly more appealing than the other. Yeah. So you just don't do anything. <laughs> and it's like go do something else. Well, well, I'll look further down the road and be like, which faction do I want to do stuff mm-hmm. for? And that's usually what helps me decide what mission yeah, sometimes I'm i'll just look at what the rewards are and decide that, may, what I that want. matters too for sure yeah like sometimes like oh i could use more of this item or whatever yeah which i don't know if i need any more of any item <laughs> i mean i definitely need more industrial components because that's the rarest one right uh, yeah they're the, hard to, that's they're the hard one to find. you only get from um selling certain types of fish sharks mostly yeah and from uh, spending the co-op uh mission uh currency with uh lola vehicle scrap also, vehicle scrap is, is a, yeah, I didn't realize that was a thing until later. I'm like, oh, which actually I found out by accident when I was in one of my big fights at the checkpoint where like just endless trucks kept coming by. I kept picking up vehicle scrap by being near the wrecked, exploded trucks. Yeah. And I walked out of that with like a thousand vehicle scrap. I'm like, oh, okay, we're good now. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I had, I don't know how much scrap I left on the ground from all those helicopters that I yeah. destroyed and just yeah. never went and got the scrap. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know that they were, and then once I realized it, I was like, oh. Yeah, it took a while for me to realize, like, why are the, the burned out flashing? flashing. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> it's like, oh, you can get stuff from them. Cool. Yep. Uh, but like, I, I'm still enjoying it. I'm still maybe not even halfway through the game, and I've yeah. been playing it for a long time. I will say, though, like, I am still, even this, I mean, I've got my couple of cool weapons. i got my EMP stuff. I got a... My go-to weapon is still that early one-shot rifle with a scope and a silencer really? on it. Like, I just headshot people and take everybody down. Like, it's really good. I have an AK-47, and literally one headshot, if they if they don't have a helmet, will kill pretty my, much anybody. My thing can can headshot you with a helmet or not. Oh, like, really? It's just, it's a, it's a, if I hit you in the, in the head, you're dead. Even the big special forces guys with the shields and the million, yeah. million guns and stuff, I have not run into a human being that cannot be headshotted by this thing. Wow. Um, animals... Not so much. Yeah. Like, uh, there's, there's some... Heavy, I mean, I guess I could switch ammo on them, but uh, crocodiles take a few more shots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still enjoying it. It is a slow burn. Like, it's just one of those games that you can always just boot up and spend an hour or two playing it, accomplish yep. a couple things, close it's it a down. Good, uh, it's a good listen to podcast It is. Games. Because you don't have to... And here's the other thing I would say, as I've played it more, boy, the story really disappears. Yeah. Like as far as like the bad guy and stuff. Yeah, like, basically every time you finish a milestone in one of the one of the three branches, you'll get like a little cutscene where he's teaching Diego something right. horrible, and that's about it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really bizarre. I mean, look, Far Cry games in general, that's kind of how they work. There's yeah. a big intro, 
that I mean, sets everything up, and then it just kind of d- yeah. it disappears. But oh, did, did you see that PETA did did complain about the? I knew that they would. Yeah, I, I called that one. <laughs> um, I will say that, like, I think you know, because, just because Giancarlo Esposito is a very good actor, I think he does bring a little extra to those scenes. Like, yeah, like, well, he's great. He sells that character really well. The character is, you know, uh, Anton is not particularly involved in the the moment to moment game, but. He is one of the more effective Far Cry looming antagonists, oh, I would yeah. say, just because of how um, ru- how ruthless he is, and also just sort of like there is uh, there's an element of this to Thanos too in Infinity well, it's War. The boy is um, it's yeah the, the boy, but that's what I'm that's what I mean. Is the fact is that he what can makes the difference. Well, the fact that he can compartmentalize things is the fact that um, you know he can be super kind to Diego and trying to teach him and treat him as as his son. And then turn around and make and him kill someone. Make him kill somebody. Yeah. And uh, sometimes Diego does it. Yeah. And sometimes he doesn't. Like you're kind of seeing, like, where is this kid gonna go? Um, is the element is the interesting element of uh, Anton Castillo is the same interesting element of Thanos, where you are not on the level of Thanos, but it's like how a monstrous person justifies their monstrosity to themselves. Yeah. Um, and and like that's. You know, even the propaganda messages he's sending out over the loudspeakers, which, oh boy, I wish you could Turn blow those, those off. off. Yeah. Blow those up at some point. <laughs> that would be nice. Um, but, like, yeah. uh, you know, it's all justification for what he's doing. Yeah. And uh, some of that is, you know, some of that is him justifying himself to the, to the country, and some of it is him justifying it to himself. And it's a fascinating way to watch this character sort of unfold in front of you and to see what Diego thinks of him and to wonder where Diego's going to go with it. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to influence that choice in the end very much. But uh, I was kind of thinking early on when I first was hearing about how this you game works that maybe, what, you know, maybe what Danny does or chooses to do might influence how Diego reacts by the, you know by the end of the game. Yeah, uh, I feel like that's not in the cards. Probably not. There doesn't seem to be a lot of choice consequences and, or choices to yeah. make. Yeah, really. I mean, I don't know if I've made any choices that not really I mean, seem to. I mean, that would be anything. a new element. That'd be a new wrinkle for a Far Cry. Is which would be cool. Something I thought of yeah. when I was seeing some of the marketing for this. But yeah, I mean, I feel like the marketing for this kind of leads you in that it does direction. it does lean lean in that direction it makes you yeah. think that like you can decide whether he drops that grenade like yeah. that initial debut debut yeah. trailer where he's holding the grenade over the crowds mm-hmm. and you're like is he gonna drop it you can he... drop it and you're like like is danny down in that crowd is right danny like i felt like, like you know... that was gonna be part of the game was influencing the boy the son to become good or bad but mm-hmm. you're right it doesn't look like that's gonna be the case mm-hmm. unfortunately but that's something to look forward to maybe in future installments in the franchise that's yeah, an idea but i'm still playing this i'm still going forward i'm still enjoying it um, i'm still getting new stuff gaining new abilities gaining new weapons that i like messing around with getting new amigos new animals to use in combat and they're all nuanced and do their own thing um but again if you're someone who and this has not changed for me from the deep dive if you're someone who really ha- places a lot of emphasis on story to get through a game, this is definitely not the game for you. No. It's not a story-driven It's story more about driven. setting than, than story. Yeah. It is not a story-driven game. Um, it's there. The Far Cry never has been. It never really has been. Yeah. Although they make you believe that they all are. Yeah. They, they emphasize, the way they emphasize the, the narrative in the marketing, it doesn't really reflect how it's utilized in the games. It's really weird. They lead you to believe that it's... Yeah. Literally, a story-driven game, and it never and the, is. I mean, to the point that, like, when they announced Esposito in the game, I was just like, really? Like, that, you're gonna, well, you're going to invest you're gonna, that much money in someone who shows that up much twice? Mo- yeah, and, like, he shows up more than that, more <laughs> than does. your average. Like, so it's not like, yeah. uh, it's not like 4, where uh, Troy Baker, like, is in the beginning and the end, and that's about it, that's except it. for a couple of phone calls. Like, yeah. it's, it's, you know, there's more here. Um, yep. 
but uh, I it's a weird thing, you know. And, Di- and you know, Diego is a real, you know, a, a legitimate actor. It's the guess the kid who voiced the uh, Miguel in Coco and has been oh. had some prominent prominent roles. Like, I wasn't aware of he, that. he is a he is a working like high ranking high level actor. Like, it's not like they skimped on any of that. Yeah. Um, he's in all, and you know, he's in all the commercials too. Yeah, he's voicing all the commercials, and yeah, well, I mean, they got their money's worth out of him. Yeah, but, I'm uh, surprised they got him to do all that stuff. But what's uh, his real name again? I can't remember. I can't even remember his name either. And I love him. He's been, he was amazing in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul and all that stuff, but I never remember his real name. Oh, you mean Giancarlo Esposito? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's him. Yeah. He's quite skilled. Uh, let's check out what you guys are saying about Far Cry in the chat. Let's see. What do we got here? Betrays hunt, fish, cockfighting. LOL. Yep, <laughs> the cockfighting thing. It's pretty crazy that they put that in a game. And if you didn't watch the deep dive, I, I mentioned it to Matt that I had been I have been pitching a game for years uh, with animal fighting, with cockfighting and dogfighting. And like, I only kind of seriously like thought about it and pitched it. But everyone I've even kind of vaguely pitched it to is like, you're insane. <laughs> that'll never get made and then here comes Far Cry 6 and it has cockfighting so maybe my dream will eventually come true um, Nox Aeternitis does the repetition of Far Cry 6 get old or is it still engaging how lasting is the fun factor I'm still engaged in having fun and I'm probably 30 some hours into it at this point yeah. I mean it's I can definitely see why someone would find it rep- repetitious and sort of put it down after a while but I'm not yeah. there yet yeah I'm not either but also it took me 120 hours to get there for Valhalla so yeah I just have a I have a high tolerance for the Ubisoft open world formula yeah and Betrays actually responded to him and said they don't get as old as it's not only a couple of fetch quests like other open worlds and he's right it's mm-hmm. there are the funny part is there are fetch quests that they label as fetch quests yeah. So you know, like before you take the quest, exactly yeah. what there you're is actually into. one called fetch quest. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty clever. Um, a lot of the a lot of the the mission names are funny. Yeah, they are funny. It's it's pretty well written. The whole thing in general. Uh, another also from Betrays. I played for like ten hours and I was like, wow, too much. Instead of being a walking sim, it felt like a boat sim. Interesting. Oh, he's talking about Valhalla, Valhalla. there. Gotcha. Okay. I have barely been on boats in Valhalla. I never use the boats. I played Valhalla. I played the least of of any Assassin's Creed in the last fifteen years, maybe. I'm still playing it periodically. I go back for the the, the seasonal events, and uh, I have like one more territory to f- conquer in the core game, and then I can finally play the uh, DLC. Yeah, um, which is just piling up at this point. Like I haven't even touched the Ir- <laughs> Ireland DLC, and now the Paris DLC is already here. I'm sure there's another one going to come out in the spring. Bunko's asking, so does Diego grow into Voss from Far Cry 3? That was what everyone was speculating. Yeah, I don't think so. So far, that has not been the case. It no. doesn't appear to be going that uh, way. Also, um, like, there's already cell- there's already smartphones in Far Cry 6. So uh, I think Voss is already an adult in <laughs> this world. TX Gear says, there is that crab fighting game <laughs> talking about animals fighting. And he's right. Remember the crabs had knives? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just so bizarre. Um, let's see. Leonosaurus. The cockfighting combat is actually pretty good. I really got into it for a while. Good moneymaker, too. Yeah, I was actually surprised. Um, 
that they that it was as robust as it uh-huh. was. When I saw it, I was like, oh, this is going to be so dumb. I didn't even think they'd let you control it. Like, I just figured you put them in whatever ratings the birds had. Yeah, I figured it was going to be one of those dumb bet on the thing and see if it... (laughs) No, it's a fighting game, (laughs) basically. You can fight. Um, Shane, your game already exists. It's called Pokemon. They even have, like, if you go through the UB Connect thing, like, you get, like, free free cocks. And um, (laughs) there's a a Ryu and a Ken and a Sub-Zero and a Scorpion. Oh, wow. Like, um, all you're missing are the Tekken guys. Huh. Um, So, after we play some more, still a thumbs up from you to buy Far Cry 6? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it does what it says, and it says what it does. Yeah. I'm still happy with it. I'm still playing it. I'm probably getting close to 40 hours at this point. Yeah. I do still think, like, if you don't like Far Cry, this is not going to change your mind. No. But, this uh, isn't, like, a total, like, rework of the franchise. No. It's going to flip your opinion on it or anything. No. But it is different enough that I don't think it feels stale if you've played the others, and it is uh, the same enough that it's still going to deliver that sort of uh, comfort food experience. Yeah. It's different enough. It's a enough. good balance. It is. It's different enough, and it's been long enough since the last one that yeah. I feel comfortable recommending that yeah. people pick it up. And I'm I'm looking forward to that Blood Dragon remaster <laughs> for some reason. I don't. Well, remember, there's also the crazy villains DLC yeah, the villain that's stuff coming. Is coming. For this. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, boss is first, so right. I guess we'll see. Yeah, and uh, maybe that. Maybe that guy's that Diego. guy. I don't think he. Is. I don't either. Uh, but I, that guy was super happy to be back as that character. <laughs> that was fun. To, that was a fun interview. I'm about. guessing he probably hasn't done a whole lot since He's then. Probably not. But it's like he really liked doing that character. And also, you didn't. You got to play that character for like two scenes. Like yeah, they killed that guy off was. like early, early on in Far Cry Three. It's very weird. This is like he oh, was like the whole. He's promo on the cover. <laughs> And he's like, wait, he's gone. It's like, it's like act two. What's going to happen now? It's no, like, I remember. I was like, wait a minute. Like, I thought he was supposed to be the bad yeah. guy through the whole game. And we just spoiled it, but whatever. That game's old. Oh, spoilers for <laughs> a nine-year-old game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah. So anyway, there you go. That's Far Cry 6. That's probably the last time we're going to talk about it. Because uh, we did do already a 50-minute discussion on the game. Uh, but I just wanted to come back here for game. Because honestly, and it obviously... A lot of you guys didn't watch the deep dive. You're only going to watch us talk about it on Game Face. So I wanted to make sure we at least gave you a light version of our impressions here on the show and to kind of catch you up on how we felt after we continued playing it and going forward. And we both still like it, and we both still recommend that you should That's right. He's on Better Call Saul. Oh, he is? is. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That guy. (laughs) Think about that. Yeah. How... Both of those guys are from Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad, and mm-hmm. now they've both been villains in Far Cry games yep. at Ubisoft. Interesting. I mean, that's those are good shows to look at for casting villains. Really. I'll be honest with you, I had never connected what's, those dots. What's Brian Cranston Voss doing? Was that guy? Yeah, he's Nacho. Yeah. Wow. What's What's Voss doing? What, or what's uh, Brian Cranston doing? He could be a yeah. he could be a good Far <laughs> he's Cry villain. Next. He doesn't seem to be doing a whole lot, actually, which is uh, interesting. He's rolling in his uh, Breaking Bad. his money, yeah. Breaking Bad syndication, syndication money. Syndication money. He's going to be rolling in for a long, long time. All right. And actually, uh, Malcolm in the Middle syndication Oh, that's right. Money. Yeah. And that's in syndication forever, too. Yeah. Forever, whatever. The royalties on that will pay off for That's really for what you want to do. Time. You want to get on a successful sitcom because you'll make money off of that for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Forever. You'll mm-hmm. always make money. Those royalty checks will roll in. Oh, yeah. I got for the fr- rest of your life. I got friends who did commercials 20 years ago. They still get like 400 bucks every couple of months. Yeah. From it. Like it pays off. It's insane. Yeah. There is a long tail to acting. Yeah. Which is why people are going on strike right now. Yeah. One of the reasons. Yeah. Big money involved. All right. Let's move on to our last topic of episode 274. 
Matt, I, I was almost pleasantly surprised to find out that you played this, or you were going to play this, and then you ended up not playing it. <laughs> and that is Battlefield 2042. Um, there was an open beta. In fact, I don't even, it may still be going on. I'm not 100% sure. I think it ended on the 10th. Oh, it did end? Yeah. So, like last night or whatever? I think, yeah, I think it ended Monday, if I remember right. Oh, okay. It was like overnight, Sunday, Monday, something like that. Okay. Um, or no, I, maybe it was through the three day weekend. I can't remember. It, it, it's over, though. It okay. Ended. So I was talking about it about earlier, about how I was playing a bunch of games this week, and a lot of them were extremely frustrating. And so one was Metroid Dread, obviously, based upon the discussion Matt and I had about it. The other one was this one, <laughs> Battlefield 2042. I, when I first started playing this game, Matt, I could not stay alive for more than three, like three <laughs> seconds. I literally, like three seconds. In fact, I'm going to start showing you this B-roll right now. This is raw B-roll. From when I first started playing. This is, in fact, the first match that I ever played. And at first, I was like, oh, I'm going to scrap all this footage because now I'm actually good at the game. And I don't play it, and it doesn't look like this anymore. But I decided it's better to show you guys exactly what happened to me when I first started playing this game in beta. So I'm going to fire off the B-roll. And again, this is raw footage of the first time I played Battlefield 2042. And keep in mind... I play a metric ton of first-person shooters. I had in Black Ops Cold War, my KD is like 1.72. So I'm not bad at shooters. In fact, I'm kind of good at them, to be honest with you. And I just got annihilated the first, like, 45 minutes that I played this game. Uh, first thing we should I should say while we're looking at this screen is this is how you choose your loadout. Um, there are specialists, Matt. So earlier you are talking about specialists, blah, blah, blah. Well, now they're in Battlefield. Mm -hmm. Instead of classes, there are now specialists. And each specialist has, like, two exclusive pieces of gear. And then the rest, you can just do whatever you want with. So when you choose a specialist, you aren't locked into, like, oh, I'm a sniper. Um, or, oh, I'm an engineer. Or whatever role. Or a medic. Like, you're not locked into any of that stuff. It just guarantees that you're going to have two pieces of gear if you choose that character. And then you can choose the rest of your loadout however you want. Here's the thing. Like most shooters these days, there are, like, a huge, like, gunsmith part of the game where you can go in and set up your gun. In Call of Duty, it's called Pick 10. You can attach 10 different attachments to each gun before you're cut off. It's very flickery. Well, yeah. Well, first of all, the... The glitches and the bugs in this are insane. Insane. Like, the skybox is just constantly disappearing and flickering, <laughs> reappearing. It's it, it, it's really bad. I'm surprised that they had this open beta. Not only that, they let it go on for, like, five days looking like this without changing, like, any of the issues. Like, the whole world just flickers on and off half the time. Help me, Robo-Dog. Please revive me, Robo-Dog. Um, so, anyway... Most games have like a gunsmith where you set everything up before you go into the match and then when you respawn you can choose that setup and you just keep respawning with that setup. You can't do anything like that in this game. You have to set up your gun on the fly in match. Hmm. Think about that. On the fly in match. You have to and I'll say this, the setup or the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The scheme that they use for it is pretty clever. So you hold a button, and then this, and you saw it there earlier. This like cross menu shows up, and so if you want to select like something on the top menu, you hit like the triangle button on a PlayStation controller. If you want to 
cycle through the ones on the bottom tree, you hit the X, and it's just basically mapped to mm. the four face buttons. And so you can do it really quickly, but you have to do it every time you spawn. So you, you die. You respawn. Which one is parachute? There it is. <laughs> you, have to, you have to choose your loadout on the fly every time you respawn. It is insane. It, I don't Even though the interface is slick and smart, it's stupid. There's no reason why I, should not, I cannot set up my loadout, my gun the way I want it, and just have it when I spawn, have it there. It's insane. I don't know why they've decided to do it this way. I don't know if other people are as annoyed by it as I am, but I think it's a really terrible idea. Um, Oof. Yeah. Uh, one of the other big changes for this game is that you can spawn vehicles wherever you want. Now, you can't spawn, like, planes and choppers wherever you want, but any of the wheel-based vehicles, tanks, um, that your little robot dog buddy, you can basically just stop and just pull up a menu and then just pick the spot where you want it to be dropped, and they'll drop it right in on you. And that is good. Um, but what it does and what it made what made starting this game really hard on me was that everyone's in a vehicle. If you are on foot in this game, you're a sitting duck and screwed, in all honesty. It's really hard to stay alive very long. Look, please help me. And hope screw you, dude. No one revives you in this game either. Ever. I think I was revived once in like five days. I'm not exaggerating, Matt. Once in five days. Because everyone's in a vehicle. There's hardly anyone on foot. And so if you get shot and you're out on foot... There's no one there to revive you because there's nobody's traveling that way. The, there was one map in the beta. It was gigantic. There were 128 players in this, Matt. Can you tell there's 128 players in this? Nope. Looks like there's like 12. Right. Because the map is gigantic. And here's the thing, Matt. This They called this one of the smaller maps in the game. <laughs> okay. So my thought is, and this is just conjecture on my part. I have no proof of this. I have no verifiable data or information that would say that this is true. But my my thought is that they just don't want 128 people together on the screen because they think it'll just crash the game or the engine. Um, and so they make the maps absolutely gigantic so that the chances of ever having 128 people on screen at once is like zero. I think the most I've probably seen, if I were to guess on screen at once, is like 25 maybe. Like a 12 on 12 battle, which is not really a battle. It's more like a little skirmish or whatever but here you can see i'm calling in a vehicle and again anywhere on the map you can just go to the menu and you you hit the one of the shoulder buttons or hold one of the shoulder buttons choose from the menu and you can just drop the vehicle wherever you want which means the whole game is just vehicles and i'll say this there are some moments now you guys are seeing all these weird glitches the skybox is flickering the whole world's flickering whatever there were some times in this game where I just came out of the base and just looked out over the battlefield and was in awe. Seeing all the helicopters, all the planes, all the tanks on the ground, all the ATVs, all of it, just everybody fighting. It, it literally looked like a war movie. And you guys are watching this now. You're saying, well, just look at all the bugs. And there are. There are just tons and tons of graphical glitches. This game is really pretty, though. When you consider the size of the map, all the detail that's in this, it's a very pretty game. And I hope they can get it squared away for launch because it's not that far away. And you can see what's happening in this game right now. It's in bad, bad shape. I mean, yeah, I have to assume this is a pretty old build. They said it is, but I don't know. Jeez. 
I we'll hope see. It is. I mean, I got a couple friends who wanted to buy next gen systems for this, like mm-hmm. they're Battlefield fans, and two of them changed their minds after playing this. Because of the bugs and the issues? The bugs because they just didn't like what they're doing with it. Yeah. So one of them hated that you could drop the vehicles anywhere. Mm. Like, he thinks that part of the key of the balance of the game is where you, where, you put the, where you put the vehicles, how, you know, how many vehicles people can have at once, and the fact that most of, the, most, of the battle, most of Battlefield is actually fought on the ground, on foot. Infantry in is past. non-existent in this, and yeah. I can see where some people would hate that, but I'll tell you what, Matt. I, I mean, you got to do something. In the old battle, especially if the maps are this big, right? In the old battlefields, like a lot of the time, my time was spent spawning and then literally running for like a mile and a half, mm-hmm. and then getting sniped, mm-hmm. and then repeat. It's certainly one of the reasons I stopped playing this. Series. A lot of people do, yeah, because the maps are so big that you run so far, and then you get finally to where you're finally going to pull your gun out and start shooting at somebody, and a sniper from a mile and a half away. Plunks you in the head. You tried so hard and got so far, and in the end, it didn't even matter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so I do understand why they're trying. And by the way, here's one of the gadgets that this class has, or this specialist has. He has a turret. And as you guys all know, I love turrets in any game. So this is the character that I chose to play as. Uh, but he has a turret. Um, and again, all the specialists have their own two unique gadgets. There are four in the beta. I think they said there's going to be eight on launch day with more to come. Um, there was only one map in this, so if you're wondering why every piece of footage we have is from the same map, that's why. Um, and then I'll say this too, Matt. Whenever I was out on infantry, I always felt like I was shooting at, like, ants. Mm. Literally. Like, yeah. everyone is, is, like, every enemy is a one black pixel, like, in the game. It felt like I never got close enough to anyone when I was shooting them to see them. And that might be a function of the vehicles because you can Somewhat, get around so quickly. And also, like, I mean, that is kind of combat. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean it's fun. Right. And yeah. it isn't fun. Um, so there are some significant changes to this, without a doubt. Um, no matter how much or little you've played of Battlefield, when you play this, you're going to be like, this feels different. This plays different. Whether you like that or not, that's I think that's going to be up to your personal taste. Um, the controls, I had horrible problems trying to get to a place where I felt comfortable with the guns. I had to mess around with the, with the aiming sensitivity for everything. For my gun, I had to crank it up to almost half of the meter before it felt good, before it felt like a responsive shooter. It felt really sluggish before that. And then I had to go and adjust like all the controls for the tanks and the helicopters. And I'll tell you what, this game could learn a lot from how you control helicopters in Far Cry. Hmm. I can jump in a helicopter in Far Cry, have never jumped in one before, and take off and fly around exactly where I want to fly. In this, I can't. Battlefield's helicopters have always been terrible. It's dumb. I don't know why. Going they all the way back to Battlefield Vietnam. It feels like it's been like their, their perspective is it's been this way for so long we can't change it for the fan. They need to change it. It's dumb. It's and you see it. I'm not the only one. Like you just see helicopters all over the place, just yeah. flying like straight into the ground or straight into Even the, the building. Even the one that blew up and made you flip over twice, like and then just like augured right into the ground behind the building. Yeah, like, there's no reason for that. Like it's there are easy and intuitive control schemes for helicopters. And I'm look, there may be someone in chat is like, I've been playing battlefields, this blah blah blah, and that's how you fly them. And okay, fine. You, they should have that setting, like OG whatever control setting. And then they should have by default. Yeah, you should have terrible and functional. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> you went there. I, I wasn't going to. 
Um, but yeah, I was not... Flying the- helicopters in video games is a solved problem. There's no reason for Battlefield helicopters to still be where they are. Yeah. Um, what else? Yeah, I think in general, it's just not very user-friendly. And mm-hmm. it's just not something that most people are going to be able to pick up, pick up and play and feel comfortable with right away. It is nice to look at. I would, I would like to play a different game on this map. It's gorgeous. Oh, the <laughs> other thing, too, and I, I don't have it in the B-roll... Um, and it only happened to me a couple of times the whole time I played it across four or five days. But every once in a while, a tornado just comes down to the ground. Oh, yeah. And just throws everything into chaos. It'll pick up everything. Vehicles, you, and just throw everything in random directions. It's, first of all, it looks amazing. When it, the first time you see it, it does make your jaw drop. And then it, it does completely turn the battle upside down. Like it flips like battle lines and pe- places where people were dug in. But again, it only happened like twice, and I played it for like three, four days, like pretty consistently. Um, what else? What other impressions do I have? Uh, yeah, I can't even imagine if this is a smaller map, how big the big maps are going to be. Hmm. And I can't imagine also how much downtime there's going to be. And as you can see here, there's destruction. I feel like they've done a good job with the destruction. It's not like over the top, like cartoony. It's realistic, uh, but it also has an impact on gameplay. There's been many times where walls around me have crumbled. And I was opened up to, like, sniper fire. Uh, but it's not like this, like, paper mache world crumbles, like, but not realistically type thing that we've seen in a lot of games before. Uh, so I feel like they did a really good job on that. Um, what else? It was hard sometimes to tell if someone's your teammate or an enemy. Mm-hmm. There's a delay. I've in, seen that yep. in the footage. There's a delay of the green dot popping up mm-hmm. above their head. So I don't know how many times. I'm glad team damage is turned off because I would have killed at least like 50 teammates in the few days I played. Um, and that's something that hopefully they can get fixed. There's lots of little stuff like that that you're like, oh, you just assume it's going to get fixed. But it may not. And if it isn't, it could be a big problem, like a really big problem. If you don't know what, who the enemy is, that could ruin the whole game. But I, I'm assuming that that's something that they'll finally get figured out. Um, and there were just tons of bugs. It is a beta, but I haven't played a beta this buggy in maybe ever. It's really that bad. I've seen crazy stuff, like entire choppers just fall through the ground, like, and then appear, like, shoot up through the top of a hmm. building, like, just bonkers, crazy bugs. Uh, so there's a lot of bug squashing to go. There was just one mode, Conquest, which is the most popular mode in every Battlefield game. Um... When it launches, there's going to be two other modes, and there's only and the one of them they still haven't shared what it is, and we're like a month and some mm-hmm. away from release. They still haven't announced what that mode's going to be, uh, but it looks like it's going to be coming in light as far as modes and options are concerned. You're going to get conquest, and it sounds like you're going to get rush, which is the other most popular mode, and then the third mode we're just left waiting and wondering. Um, we don't know. Uh, other final notes: there's very little bullet drop in this. I sniped someone, <laughs> so. I sniped someone from probably, I don't know, like maybe a mile away, maybe a little less. And I had accounted for bullet drop, so I aimed way above his head. And that bullet literally didn't drop at all. So then my next shot, I just aimed right for the head, and it killed the enemy. Hmm. So I don't know if that's, that's something they decided to remove. Yeah, I don't know. I used to, I used to be really good at that in uh, bad Accounting com- for bad the bullet drop? In, in Battlefield. Like, I used to be able to, like... Like across mountains, like hill, like I would just be, like I like I would play with. You remember Abby? Yeah, Abby, of I would play with Abby, and she would mark them. She would play the you'd mark them all, and I'd just be like, and they'd all just drop. Nail like them. It, it was just it was something about the way the distance the bullet drop worked like made sense in my head. 
uh, and I've never been able to get used to bullet dropping another game huh. ever again. Like I, I always expected to be like whatever that battlefield was I was playing, and I can never get it. Get that it back. mental calculation, it was just right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, apparently. I don't know what that was. Well, there's no bullet drop in this. All right, right well now. we're good then. <laughs> like, it's really bizarre to fire a gun a mile away and the bullet not drop even a millimeter. I have a feeling that it might be something that they also change for the final game. If they don't... I mean, that's a pretty simple parameter to tweak. It is. And if they don't, I feel like a lot of players are just going to be really angry who have been sniping like that for however long they've been playing the franchise. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. That was Um, a bit of a blowout. And I would also say that a lot of things that... A lot of other games do well, like clamoring, like climbing over obstacles and stuff like that. Like this game is still like rusty for that stuff too. Like you may have seen earlier in the B-roll, I was trying to hop sideways up onto a ledge and the game just doesn't let you do it. Mm. And stuff like that has been in Call of Duty for forever. And it's things that you would just assume would be in any modern first person shooter, but not so. So... There you go. That's my experiences playing the Battlefield 2042 beta. And so, anyway, the footage that you saw right there was literally my first match and my first maybe match and a half or whatever. I did eventually start to figure it out. And figuring it out means learning how to spawn the vehicles and staying in vehicles until mm-hmm. you absolutely have to get out of the vehicle. Um, and, you know, it has, like, there aren't really squads in this, which is also a little weird because that's something that they've been building for, like, years and years with the franchise. Um, the whole squad mechanics and everything, but you can spawn on anything, like really on like any player, on any vehicle, on any of the capture spots. Like you can just spawn wherever you want. I wish you had a little more say on. Okay, I want to spawn in this helicopter, but if I can't be a gunner, I don't want to spawn in that helicopter because mm. there's a lot of times you're like, oh, I'm gonna spawn in the heli, and you spawn and you're just sitting there, and you you can't even use your gun sometimes, depending <laughs> on the position you're at in the helicopter. So I wish there was a little more transparency on that stuff. Um, I am not a huge Battlefield player anymore. I used to play it a lot. Like Battlefield 2, hardcore. One of my favorite shooters of all time. I've waned over time since then. I tend to play like some will catch on with me. And I'll stick mm-hmm. with them and play them. But generally, I play them for a week and then kind of pass pass it on and start playing something else. I certainly have never gotten into one in the to the degree that I did 1942. 1942 I played... Hundreds of hours. A lot of people did. Yeah. Uh, and Bad Company Two, I think, was the second most played of of, of the because it had building dis- destruction. Like it was bringing in de- mm-hmm. terrain deformation, building destruction. I thought that was compelling. The fact that by the end of a, you know by the end of the Gold Rush match, you were basically fighting on Mars. You know, like, yeah, like yeah. everything was gone. Uh-huh. It was it was just a it was just like barren a, wasteland. Barren, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Like the the the, def- the change in the in the in the terrain in the battlefield. Was really interesting. It changes everything. Yeah. If you don't have cover, it's like where are you gonna go? Yeah. Nowhere. You're gonna stand and fight. And yeah. It was uh, and kind of funneled everybody into the you know usually into the 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 building that held the the objective, which was like one of the only things you couldn't destroy. Yeah. So like you'd have like these big shootouts, and it would funnel funnel everybody into these big shootouts where you actually got to see everybody kind of thing. You yeah. Know, it was uh yeah those were good. I just haven't uh, nothing's grabbed me in Battlefield since since that really. Yeah. Uh, single player either. Like you know, the campaigns have been terrible since Bad they Company Two. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the Bad Company campaigns. That that, that was the only good one. Yeah. I believe those, the, those <laughs> characters. Are, those characters are the only thing they ever hit on. In yeah. That, in that in that series, and it's weird that yeah. they've never gone back to them. But. I mean, I will reiterate this. So all that footage was on for was from Xbox Series X. I played it on Xbox Series, and there are some moments that are like spellbinding. 
where everything, like, there's no glitches. The game's running the way it's supposed to, and you just see the war. And there are moments where you're like, hot damn. Like, okay, we're in, like, next gen. And that's enough sometimes to, like, Mm -hmm. just convince you to play that extra match. Like, and I know it's hard to see that because you just watch a bunch of B-roll where the skyboxes are flickering and the world's appearing and disappearing. But if they get this thing locked down, there are going to be some moments in this game that are going to make your jaw drop. I'll just tell you. So the stuff is coming, people. The stuff that's going to blow your mind, it's coming. We're just getting it. It feels like in baby steps, Matt. Like, mm-hmm. there just hasn't been, other than Ratchet, there just hasn't been this, like, psh, psh, like to the face where you're like, damn, like, holy crap. Like, it feels like it's going to be a trickle. And this has been, this is kind of like the mm-hmm. next drop in the trickle. Part, some like. part of that is how late everybody got the hardware specs. That could be too. But. Yeah. So. Um, and the trepidation of moving to exclusive to the new platforms. Cause yeah. you, know, you gotta wait. It's going to take longer because people can't get them. Yeah. You know? It doesn't so. help. That's for sure. So anyway, there you go. That's battlefield 2042. Have any of you guys been playing the beta? Zeno Ginsui. Ginsui. Thank you for, Twitch Prime. Let's switch over here so everyone can check out what's going on in chat. Um, Betrays. I'll wait to get it for free. Every, every Battlefield game has been given away for free either on Origin or PlayStation Plus. That's true. That is true. Um, Sneaky says Miles Morales had some moments of wow next gen for me. Yeah. yeah, it did. Yeah, there's a couple points in there so for does, sure. So does Demon Souls. Yeah. Yep. Like the first time one of the enemy's faces got lit up in mm-hmm. Demon Souls. And you could see the detail on the character models. I was like, damn, okay. I see what's going on now. Um, GX Gear, kind of crazy that Battlefield is still like this when Warzone gives them an exact model to copy off of. Look, I don't want Battlefield to turn into a Battle Royale, though. Like, I want it to be a team-based shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, Betrays, agree about helicopters. Controls have always been awful. Yeah, I don't understand it. Fix them. Like, it's not that hard. There's so many games that do helicopters just fine. Um, Vincent, thoughts on Battlefield 2042 announcing the Hazard Zone reveal will be on Thursday, then COD doing its Zombies reveal the exa- at the exact same time. Hmm. So they're finally going to reveal the final mode, I guess, is mm-hmm. what Vincent's saying. Um, I think it's just a coincidence, although... I mean, hazard Zone sounds like the one that where they break the weather effects out more often. That could be. Um, I will say this, though. Activision can be very petty with Call of Duty. Like, you would think, like, a lot of times when you have an industry leader, they're kind of above the fray, and they're just like, we don't care what they're doing because we're doing our thing. Yeah. And Like, that's generally how you're supposed to behave as the top dog. The top dog's job is to prove that they're not bothered by all the little dogs. Yep, yeah, but Activision the sometimes... Activision will stoop. It will. <laughs> it will get petty, man. And, like, it goes right on down to the PR people, too. Yeah. Like. They've won, right? Yeah. They won. They won years ago. They won. They do one thing and they do it really well. Yeah. They've beat Battlefield. Or really successfully. Yeah. Let's say, They've let's whooped Battlefield. But if you meet with them in an event or talk to their PR people, it's like they got their ass kicked last year. Mm-hmm. And I can understand some of that is you don't want to lose your edge. You want to stay competitive, blah, blah, blah. It's also absurd. And it makes them look like they're acting like children in some cases. So, um, Yeah. I totally get what you're saying, like hinting at that maybe that's happening here again. I tend to believe that that was probably just a coincidence. Um, I would also argue that COD Zombies, even though I don't give a crap about COD Zombies, is going to destroy the Battlefield 2042's Hazard Zone announcement. 
there's way more people who care about COD zombies. Um, Unless than, they're zombies in Hazard Zone. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crossover. Imagine that. Now, that would bring the house down. If somehow EA and Activision partnered together for something in their shooters, but that is not going to happen. Um, Odin5 says, remember the sh- this sh- S show of the Battlefield 4 launch? Oh, yes, I do. Um, let's see you guys have any other comments about Battlefield. Did Battlefield 5 do well? I remember it coming and going without much fanfare. It did not do well. Um, it did not do well at all. It's been an up-and-down story for Battlefield. Mm-hmm. Like, one game will come out, people will love it. The one will come out the next year, it'll tank. It's not like Call of Duty where it has this built-in 20 million soul no matter what. That's just not how it works for Battlefield. People tend to wait um, for reviews and things like that before they uh, make their move. So uh, Shane A, Shane Triple A 28 thank you for Twitch Prime. I see you. Huh. Um, so there you go. That's Battlefield 2042. And unfortunately, the open beta is over now. I would not be surprised if another one comes along. I'm sure there'll be another one. Yeah. Um, and I recommend jumping in. Just be patient. Like, that first hour is rough until you start figuring out how things work, until you learn how to the mechanics of, like, calling in the vehicles. Because uh, when you're on the ground in that game, you are a sitting duck. And so it, players learn very quickly, get in a vehicle, and that's what they do. And it really is a vehicle-driven uh, shooter more than anything. Yeah. Driven everywhere. Literally, yeah. <laughs> and once they start showing off some of those bigger maps, you're going to need them even more. So... There you go. That's Battlefield 2042. And now it's time for Name That Game. Matt, you're on a bit of a tough streak here. Mm-hmm. You haven't won in three weeks? Is that right? Something like that. But as I said last week, Matt isn't supposed to win. This is me trying to give you guys free sifted stickers. And I've seen some comments, people asking if these stickers are for sale. They are. Just go to sifted.net slash store forward slash store. And you can buy the stickers for eight bucks, or you should you, add a thing to the store where you have to answer like a trivia. <laughs> trivia. The captcha should be a trivia. <laughs> when you go to like, you have to do the captcha to make sure that uh, you're not trying to rip us off or whatever. Identify all games produced by Hideo Kojima. <laughs> uh, if you're new to this, this is a little quiz show that we do at the end of every episode of Game Face. And if you win, you get a six pack of sifted stickers. And it does not matter where you live. We've sent them, in fact, now it's been Portugal, Canada, UK, and everyone else has been in the US. So we'll send these anywhere. So I know a lot of times if you watch a stream and you're like, oh, I live in Europe or I live in Asia and I can't win, you can win. And we will send them no matter where you live. And how it works is I have a series of clues, usually five clues, and they become more obvious as we go. And what you wanna try to do is guess the name of the game before that guy and he's really good and because he's really good we err on the side of caution for you guys so um after i finish a clue i'll give you guys like 15 seconds and we'll look at chat and see if anybody comes up with the name of the game if matt says the name of the game correctly i will look over at chat and i'll give you guys a couple beats for somebody to put the name of the game in chat if it doesn't come up matt wins and y'all don't get any stickers um I think that's it, though. It's pretty simple. Um, and like I said, the, the the clues are very obtuse at first, and they become more and more obvious because we want you guys to win. We're not trying to, like, stump you guys. Um, we want you to win the stickers, and we want Matt to win, too. Hmm. So here we go. Let me get my sound effects up here and ready to go. Ready for the first clue, Matt? Sure. All right. 
Here we go. Name that game. Loki has machines, and he's not afraid to use them. Too human? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's good, Matt. That's impressive. I had forgotten even that Too Human was based on Norse mythology. Oh, yeah. I just played that, like, last year. <laughs> How did you guess that so easily? I don't know. Norse mythology plus machines to, to human. Wow. The only mech machine. I told you he was thing. good. <laughs> I never dreamed that would give it away. Damn. That was good, Matt. I'll read the rest of the clues just for fun. Um, the next clue was man or machine, your choice. Um, because you could choose yeah. whether you became a man, you were a man or a machine in the game. Uh, the next clue was not many people liked me, <laughs> but True. Epic and its Unreal Engine were definitely not fans mm-hmm. because they ended up becoming they were sued. Yeah, that was that's what ended. Uh, uh, what, what was Silicon Knights? Silicon Knights. Yeah, yeah. That and and they'd stolen some tech and put it in X Men Destiny too. Yeah, they uh, they actually uh, Too Human was like removed from existence. Like, they yeah. had to give up the yeah, they, source code. They had, to, they had to pull two human and X-Men Destiny from shelves. Yeah, because they were so dastardly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that one was not many people like me, but Epic and its Unreal Engine were definitely not fans. Mm. The next you one can, was... You can still... Play, it is backwards compatible on Xbox. Oh, really? Like you, you can get it digitally It'll work? Now. Yeah, you can get it digitally. Like it's, oh, okay. It's, it, I think it's for sale again. I wonder who makes the money off of it. I don't know. Interesting. But uh, I definitely got it on, on Xbox and played it last year. Okay. It's uh, I enjoyed it. I I played that to the end a couple times. Really? Because you know it's like a Diablo style thing. Yeah. You just play it over it's and a over hack and again. Slash, higher, yeah. you know, getting more loot and stuff. Yeah. I played that several times. Uh, I enjoyed it, but uh, I I didn't enjoy it so much this time. <laughs> so do you think that was a bad clue for the first clue? No. I mean, it just I just you am just very familiar. I'm just familiar with that game, and I couldn't think of another Norse mythology game that involves like machines, machines and tech and stuff. So I just went for two human. Okay. Uh, the next clue was, I began life on the original, was, and again... It was either that or Mass Effect, because there are Loki mechs in Mass Effect. Right. Uh, and I figured that was too obvious to ask me about Mass Effect, yep. so... Yeah, I would not do that. Uh, I had no idea that you had such an affinity for Two Human either, I would have picked mm. a different game. Um, the next one was, I began life on the original PlayStation, but I would be a baby for a long time. And mm. that's obviously mm-hmm. we're getting a little more obvious. Um, and then the final clue was... Who knew that King Arthur's Roundtable could make video games? And that would give mm. away Silicon Knights, which would give away Too Human. So, anyway, sorry, folks. <laughs> but Matt is going to oh, win. Oh, so it's, it's free, apparently. What's free? The Too Human. It's, it's free on Xbox. Uh, okay, so no one's making so money no one can on make it. money off of it. That's kind of awesome, actually, now that you think about it. Um, so, anyway, there you go. That's Name That Game. Unfortunately, nobody won this week. Matt's going to win sometimes. He's just that good. You guys were actually on a streak there where they had won, what, three or four weeks in a row or something like that. Mm-hmm. So better luck next week, folks. Um, all right, let's get on to some Q&A. And see so you guys already have a bunch of questions in there. We've trained you well. Let's see what you got. Uh, JMRain99, gifting Tier 1 subs to Mad Peeps in the chat. Thank you, JMRain, as always. Um, the hype train is close. We're almost there. So thanks to everyone who's contributed bits or what or anything else to that. Um, Vincent, of Ubisoft's three big free-to-play games in its new push, Frontline, X-Defiant, oh, I forgot about oh, X-Defiant, yeah. <laughs> and Division Heartland, how many do you think actually launch? And do you re- even remember what X-Defiant is? X-Defiant is that 
It's also it's a mobile shooter, isn't it? <laughs> I have forgotten. I mean, it has like Tom Clancy guys in it. Yeah, I have in fact forgotten what it yeah. was though. Yeah, so you make a good point. <laughs> so to answer your question, I think all three of them will come out. They will launch. all launch. Yeah, it's Ubisoft. Like it doesn't really bail on stuff like that. So yeah. even some, even Unlike when it Beyond should, good and some, evil too. even when it should, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. It still keeps supporting them. Um, so yeah, I think all three of them will actually end up launching. Um, one super master gamer. What is your game of the year right uh, right now? Um, I don't know. I think I'm probably still sitting on Ratchet. Me too. Yeah, I'm still on Ratchet. I have a very hard time seeing down the line what what's going to beat that. We'll see. Um, and we're not going to answer that question again until our game of the year award. So that was your last glimpse into what we're thinking right now. Um, we're going to go through Q4 playing all the games, and you'll have to wait until our Goaty episode uh, before we leave for the holidays to find out what our pick is. So here it is, our last glimpse at what we're thinking, and right now we're both still on Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, I'll say this, though. There, there have been a couple of games that have come out recently that have challenged a little bit, more than I thought they would. Um, Odin 5, will either of you do any segments or contributions to the new G4 TV now that it has an official launch date of November 16th? How do you feel about that show coming back? Um, no plans for it. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as I know, the thing that they announced for November is just going to be they're going to repackage stuff that happened on stream into episodes. So it's going to be like a highlight reel almost of the stream content. Uh, so that doesn't really sound like this this show I, in well, my head. It doesn't head. sound like anybody would be creating content. No. I, I, <laughs> to I mean, answer his question. You'll still be, they'll still be producing live stream content, but it will just be sort of like a repackaged stuff for now. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there are bigger plans in the works. And it is going to air on TV. And play. It is actually going it to is? be on television, I believe. I can't remember what the network was or what the channels were. But they are, you know, there's wheels turning. Um, it's been a slow buildup. Yeah, I don't. Um, I got other things to do. <laughs> really, yeah. uh, it's not like I would say no to like some quick things if they if they got me involved somehow. But like, also like I did G four, I did that for twelve years. Yeah. Um, and like now, you know, back in the day we were with it, and now what's it has changed, and the things that are it make me make me just confused and scared. <laughs> It'll happen to you. So uh, yeah, uh, let the let the kids play. Yeah. I, I don't know what the hell's going on there, to be honest. It doesn't seem like they have any direction. They nope. keep like they announce well, they, I mean, their announcements. Yeah, they, annou- well, they announced their thing today, and everyone's like, "Well, wait, what does that mean?" They're like, "Well, we'll have to go and see." It's like, okay, no, like, you've been oh, doing that now for like nine months. I like, mean, the clearest messaging has been from Sessler. Uh, if you look at his Twitter today, he has the most details on what is actually happening. Um, so I would say just follow him, you know follow him and pay attention to what he says. Uh, Uncle Sessler will not. Uncle Adam will not lead you wrong. Yeah, and as far as how do you feel about that show coming back, like, I don't know that X-Play is coming back. I mean, there will be something called X-Play. I mean, they've already been uh, calling segments X-Play, but it's not X-Play. No. It's like Adam, like, just talking. It's meet the cess. (laughs) It is, really. (laughs) Like... There aren't like polished. It's, he segments. finally got meet the cess, but he's not angry enough to to do that. The show we were as we originally showed it. I mean, honestly, so far it seems like X Play, the new X Play, is going to be what people thought the old X Play was in a lot of cases, where they thought Adam was the guy actually reviewing yeah. the games. Yeah, a little bit. Now yeah. it is him actually reviewing the games. Yeah. He's the one playing them. And yeah, this is actually getting... a little more like what he did on Rev Three. Yeah, just yeah, it pretty much is exactly what he did at yeah. Rev Three. 
Um, so, yeah, when you say, like, the show coming back, like, from what I've seen so far, I don't really think the show is coming back. Um, that may change, but as of what I've seen right now, I just don't think that's the case. Um, Sneaky, are you lads going to play the Alan Wake remaster? Digital Foundry's video reminded me about it. Enjoy your new LED switch and excuse to finish Metroid. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen, Sneaky. Um, I really have no interest in playing Alan Wake again. Back when it came out, I didn't think it was that good, and it, they haven't really done anything to mm-hmm. fix it with this new version. So I'm going to take a pass. I will probably revisit you? it. Yeah. I did get it. I just haven't played it yet. Okay. Um, I also told, uh, speaking of G4, I told Blair Butler to get it because she's never played Alan Wake. No. And I'm like, you should definitely play Alan Wake. Yeah. I just actually chatted with her for the first time in forever, like last week. Mm -hmm. It's good to hear from her. I miss her. Good people. Um, Yakov226, I finally got a PS5 and played Cyberpunk 2077. It was fun. Is there a future for this franchise? Or CD Projekt Red killed the franchise? Oh, I don't think they're touching that one again. No. I think they cannot wait to move on from that yeah. game and put it in the rearview mirror they are, they are and just work gonna, on The Witcher. Yeah, or they're just going to throw Witcher stuff at us <laughs> until we forget Cyberpunk happened. Which is a shame because I also really like Cyberpunk twenty. Yeah, there's definitely potential there. Like they just, I mean, they did it to themselves. They killed so, it. Yeah. Not in the way the kids say killing it now. No. Like I, they literally killed the franchise. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's any coming back from that, but I wish there would because I'll be honest with you, Matt. I would give it another chance. Yeah, there like, is I definitely. Liked it I mean, we'll much. see. We'll once they sort of get things whipped into shape and they do the the next gen sort of patch and everything next year, we'll see what it looks like. See how that's received. Um, certainly, turnarounds can happen. No Man's Sky proves that, but we'll yep. see. Uh, we'll see if CD Projekt Red can can pull off a a miracle in, in the same way Hello Games did. Yep. Uh, Zet Saber Juno estimation on units sold for Metroid Dread. I think it's going to sell all everything it's going to sell in the first two weeks until people start getting the message from people like Matt and I that it's not all that. I think it's going to sell. Or is it too late? I think it's going to have strong legs because most people do not think what we think. I think you're going to get five to six million out of it. Do you think they really think that way? Do they really think it's like a great game? I mean, I don't think they're lying. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I just think that they're deluding themselves into believing yeah, that but it's that, better than it is. It doesn't matter as long as that's what the word of mouth is. As long as that's the, what they're saying. For the saying. first six months of its existence, like no, into, but, through Christmas. But that's my question, though. Do you think they really believe that it's that good? For now. Yeah. This happened with Breath of the Wild as yeah. well, man. And we were like the only outlet. Didn't hurt Breath of the Wild sales it either. Didn't. No, it didn't so. at all. But we were like the only outlet that like at launch was like, whoa, slow the roll a little bit on this game. And people bashed us. They're like, you guys are crazy. And now, who was right? Um, okay. Eve Demon. Oh, first of all, Justin Horman, thank you for subscribing for 52 months mm-hmm. straight. That is amazing, dude. Thank you. Thank you. That's incredible. We've been doing this for 52 months. That's so yeah, wild. dude. That's crazy too, right? Um, Eat Demon, the reason Capcom is focusing on PC is they want in to Asia. That mm-hmm. makes sense. We probably should have figured that out. Consoles are very Western. Monster Hunter World also more, sold more copies on PC than the PS4 and Xbox One combined. I don't know about that. Mm. I know it sold well on PC. I don't think it sold more than both consoles combined, though. Um, a lot of Capcom's games fit very well to a PC market. You're right. Like we were talking about, their games as a service like Monster Hunter. It, it, fits, it fits there for sure. Um, Blitches 9. I don't remember you being in chat. Good to see you. What did you guys think of the trash that was Fast and Furious 9? I actually haven't watched it. I haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's not good, I mean, look, huh? No, look, every time you go to, you know, like, 
things are okay around here, but still going to the theater is a little bit of a risk. Yeah. You, know, you don't know who the hell's showing up there. They don't check for vaccination cards yet. Not till next week, a couple weeks from now. Yeah. But um, so I got I pick and choose my <laughs> I pick and choose my nights out, and I was not going to do that for Vin Diesel. You know, I'm if sorry. I, I'll tell you, that, I'll say this. If The Rock isn't in it, I'm already not particularly interested. <laughs> the Rock and Jason Statham not being in nine was a problem, and it's going to continue to be a problem for ten and eleven. Like it's. It's it's going to be an issue. Like the Rock is a draw on a level that like just no one else in that franchise can match, especially internationally. I'll say this, Matt. If I look in at like the schedule of film releases, and I'm like, which ones would be the safe movies to go to, yeah. and which ones would be the unsafe ones to go to? I would argue that Fast and Furious would be one of the unsafe ones to go Not to. Most likely. I mean, like I I like that series a lot. Me too. Like, it's, it's definitely. I'm just saying, it, it's it, audience. It is trash, but it is my trash. <laughs> and uh, particularly, I think Fast and I think Fast Five is one of the greatest action movies of the century so far. Um, and it has it has dropped off in quality a lot. It was starting with you know around seven and eight were not amazing, but five and six are solid. Uh, but I'm I still wasn't gonna go see him in, in the theater. Uh, in this day and age um let's see el guapo he just asked us about metroid dread he loves it um he said it's supplanted returnal as his game of the year i can see myself playing it multiple times what's your take on this debate i don't understand what the debate is oh he's saying that some people say it's not worth the full 60 bucks because it's low replay value and production values and comparing to current. I mean, I don't think it's worth a full sixty bucks because I don't think it's a very good game. Yeah, but, me uh, either. And I think it's sh- and it's also short, so it is pretty short. But if you like it, you can play it multiple times, and that's enough. You know, I don't know. Like, um, what, what would the it seems to be selling just fine at that yeah, price yeah. point? So. What would the incentive be to play it again? Well, there's a hard mode. Oh, there is. Um, you want you know, Metroid Metroid fans are big on speed running. Um, see how fast you can do it. But man, this game would be so annoying for speed runs because of the whole end yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. Unless there's wait, I mean, there's there's a couple sequence breaks that have already been found. Uh, I know there's one right before the second boss. Let's you skip a bunch of stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't get into that stuff. I watch it, but I don't. You know, I I, li- I don't deal, do it. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> uh, let's see. El Guapo three three eight five. Hey Shane, besides Midnight Mass, any more reasons that you want to continue your Netflix sub? Squid uh, Game. Squid Game, yeah. I just started watching that. I'm, I just finished. I just watched that I'm over in, the weekend. I just finished episode two, mm-hmm. and it's pretty good. It's solid. Yeah. Have I you was, watched Midnight Mass yet? No. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that show might win an Emmy or two. It might. Um, some of the performances in that are really good. Um, if you haven't watched it yet, and it is Halloween month, it's a perfect time. It's perfect mm-hmm. timing for them to release it. It's really good. I would just say hang on through the first like episode and a half because it does mm-hmm. start really slow um, squid game i think is interesting because it you know it's the number one netflix anything mm-hmm. in the in the world uh the last yeah. two weeks it's crazy uh not a huge budget no known ip no known no know, english out, outside of korea no english i mean it's du- there's a dub there's an english right dub, which but helps. i'm saying like um it's a it's a giant giant hit that has no pre- precedent, has no recognizable IP, has no outside of Korea recognizable actors, and it still did it. Like people will gravitate to good stuff. Well, I think people will gravitate to concepts, and it's basically just Hunger Games. Well, it's battle royale, right? Um, except I was expecting kind of you know 
I mean, it is to some degree sort of baby's first battle royale mm-hmm. adaptation. But the fact that everybody is in it voluntarily that, adds a really twist. interesting twist. Yeah. And it is a giant allegory for the grinding crush of capitalism yep. and, and having to work until you die. So it's yeah. like, I think there's a there's an economic element to it that uh, everybody can identify with right now. So that's helping it uh, gain that traction. Um, so yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm only in episode two, but I'm hooked. I'm going to watch the rest mm-hmm. of it. I just need to find some time to do it. There's so many games that we had to play this week for the show that I just didn't have the free time to do anything of that I would sort. watch I would watch episodes in between being annoyed by Metroid <laughs> if I needed a break from Metroid I just watch squid game and relax yeah that's that's funny though because most people would like most people would view squid game as like this intense like yeah. it's really not though it's not I've, I've seen a lot of Asian, it's lots of downtime seen a lot of Asian horror Asian cinema stuff that it goes way further than squid game ever does oh but. yeah Absolutely. It's really tame as far yeah. as violence and stuff like that is But concerned. it's a good gateway into, mm-hmm. into that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it so far, but I really love Midnight Mass. Again, if you're going to watch it, you got to make it through the first couple episodes. There's a lot of setup going on. And then episode three, it just kind of takes off. And from then on, like the guy who plays the priest in that, he's a really good actor. He's been in a couple other things that I really liked. And he just nails it. Just nails his performance. He creeps me the F out, and that means that he's really good at what he's doing. All right, we'll take a couple more questions here. Uh, Matt, do you think Eternals will be good from Les Dev Ed? Uh, internally, Marvel Studios th- thinks they have another Best Picture nominee. Okay. Uh, it's also directed by the woman who won the Best Director uh, Oscar last year. And it ex- Eternals, here's the thing. Eternals, I would say, in, in terms of the comics, is Marvel's least interesting IP. Uh, the Eternals. Yeah, I'd agree with that. The Eternals are just they. Uh, the fact that anybody made an Eternals movie. Is, I was is surprised amazing that they're making a movie. But about here's it. the thing: Chloe Zhao came to Feige and pitched it and said, "I want to make this movie." I mean, I'm assuming it's largely based on Neil Gaiman's reinvention of them in the late 2000s, mm-hmm. um, not the original Kirby stuff, which is literally unreadable today. Um, uh, also worth noting that because uh, they talk about in the trailer about how they're fighting the Deviants which are like these monsters mm-hmm. in the original comics. The deviants were basically just like the, they were eternals that were from like another place and ha- didn't have white skin and had weird chins. And mm. Thanos was born to eternals, but had deviant features, which is why he was made fun of and bullied as a child and became a weird tyrant guy. Wow. So Thanos in the comics is an eternal. Technically. Huh. I don't think they're going to get into that in the movies. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Chloe Zhao did pitch this and they had no plans for an eternal movie. And, uh, uh, Feige said, "Okay, we're going to do that. We're going to do that." And um, the uh, so they made the movie on the back of her pitch. It was not part of their plan. And originally, it was supposed to come out uh, last November. It was supposed to be Black Widow in May and Eternals in November. When they moved the schedule because of COVID, everything stayed in its release order except Eternals, which stayed in November, which is your Oscar contender month. Mm. They think they have something here. Wow. So interesting. <laughs> I got shocker. my I got my tickets. I mean, I'm I'll, going. Stay, I'll stay I'm open-minded. In. So I'm in. We'll see how it turns out. Uh, let's see. Fight TJK. Either one of you get COVID. I'm not going to ask Matt to answer that, but I'll answer for myself. No, I have not got COVID. Uh, not as far as I know. Yeah. I, I mean, we might have had it and not known it because we're asymptomatic, it, had the vaccine or whatever. Yeah, we're both vaxxed. So I have not been we sick. We could have got it and not even known, but I haven't been tested. Yeah, I have yet. not been sick and I've never gotten a positive test. Yeah, me either. Put it that way. Same with my wife. And I have lots of family members that got it, though. And I don't have did it. not do well. I don't have <laughs> it. I don't know. I, I, have a, I have an old high school teacher who died from it. I have a, I have a few friends who died from it. 
I know but, people uh, who have died from it. Yeah. But my immediate family, probably like five of them have got it, and three of them had really rough rides. Mm-hmm. Um, and two of them just had like a cough. It's yeah. really bizarre, man. I feel like I am, there's some I am, kind of a recessive gene or yes, something. Yes, that was exactly what I was about to say. I'm I am very certain that in uh, you know once research is things are more settled down and research has been done, well, I'm I am very sure there's going to be a genetic component to how you react to this thing. I think so too. It's just so random. Like it I have a, and like I have a, a so a friend's brother-in-law has it. His his but his sister his sister. I see his wife's sister. So it's his brother-in-law, but it's also his sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. So the brother-in-law got it, and it's sick. Like, real sick. He's okay, but he's sick with it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got symptoms. His wife, who was sleeping in the same bed with him for, for days after he was exposed and incubated, doesn't have it. Their kid doesn't have it in the she same apartment. She never got it. No, they don't have it in the same apartment. You, There has to be some susceptibility to it that is somehow – and also men are more susceptible to it for yeah. whatever reason. Probably because if you have a Y chromosome, you're not dealing with the same – but again, that ties into the genetic yeah, genetic something. issue. Like there's going to be yep. something we discover. is like, oh, if you have this gene set, you are more susceptible, more likely to be hospitalized or something, and like, you're going to be able to you know inoculate more strongly for that. But – there is a lot of work to left to do still. No, oh, yeah. Especially if we're going to have to live with this thing forever because it really looks like that's what's going to happen. Well, if we can start focusing research on stuff that we just discussed instead of like right, right. now, it's just like, let's end this thing. So like let's control, control, control. Well, no, I mean, yeah, we're now getting like medication that's treatment during the sickness, which yeah. is excellent. Like that's, that's something definitely is needed. It seems so random. Like there's this guy who's a big fan. Here was a big fantasy football analyst, 39 years old, mm-hmm. crazy active in great shape and just died. Yep. He got it. Just and happens. He died three weeks later. I have a friend. It's insane. I have a friend in Texas. Who's, she's a tri- she was a triathlete like person. She, she would do yeah. triathlons like three times a year. Uh, she can't run a mile anymore. Right? She, no. she had it for like two months last year in like April and May, early, early on. And she still is not, I mean, forget triathlon shape. She can't run anymore. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason like, to it. Yeah, it's so it's, random. It's crazy. Like your fitness level and your immune, all that stuff is bullshit. It doesn't mean anything. Like, yeah. it, it, like if it gets you, it gets you. That's why it was so scary. Because yeah. like you just don't it know how is. you're going to react to it. It still yeah. is. But yeah, to my knowledge, I have not had it. Or if I had... If I have, it was a very. Me too. If I ever had it, I case. didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know about it. Yeah, but we've played it safe. We've been careful. So, um, hopefully, you guys are all doing the same, and you're all staying safe out there. Um, it looks like we're finally starting to crest here. Like the numbers mm-hmm. are finally starting to go down worldwide. Yeah. And forget even that we're just not in even, time for winter to get here, though. Yeah, and we're not even talking about like what happens if this thing lays dormant in you for twenty years, like shingle style. I know. Yeah. Or the kids, like That's who true. knows what these kids are going to grow up with in their bodies from this? It's crazy this is not over yet but if you're still here you survived if you're watching game face you survived so so far yeah it's interesting um how it changes your perspective on just life um Mm -hmm. if you have anyone you know that's close to you that gets it it'll change your opinion on it real quick i'll tell you that man Uh, because i think for a lot of people it's like this fairy tale until it's not until you gotta start the gofundme until right until it's not yeah, so hopefully none of you guys have to deal with that, or none of you have dealt with it. Uh, and if you have, uh, my condolences. It's probably the worst way that you could die. It really is. Um, so anyway, uh, anyway, we try to it would be candid with our Q&A, and I think we pretty much were there. So there you go. That's Game Face in a nutshell. Uh, we have to close things off there. Thanks for everybody who stuck around on the chat and asked great questions all the way till the end. Um, if you're watching this show on YouTube, Help us out. Go to patreon.com slash sifted and pledge some money. Even if it's a dollar a month, it makes a difference to us. We've been giving you guys Game Face for free for like five years now. 
time to help a brother out. So head to patreon.com slash sifted. That goes for all of you six. guys listening on podcast services out there. Coming up on six and a half. Six here. and yeah. It's actually been six years. Yeah. So if you're listening to this show on the podcast services, again, go to patreon.com slash sifted. That's sifted without the E and drop us a pledge. We'd appreciate it a ton. Um, we'll be back next Tuesday. Although the next Tuesday after that, we may have to change something because I may be going out of town for a long weekend. But mm-hmm. we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, but, Matt, thanks for another great episode. Thanks to everybody on chat. Um, again, if you want to support us, head to patreon.com slash sifted. Uh, if you pledge $30 or more per month, you get your name in the show. And uh, we appreciate everyone who does that very much. So you guys have a great week. We'll see you next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out.